Hey everyone, it's Steven Jensen here, and I'm joined today by Issa, or with Issa, however you say that. Issa, the demon diva, who is one of my favorite people on the internet and has the cutest, coolest dog in the world, Lil Roman. So she's someone I've been looking forward to having on the show for a long time now. So everybody welcome Issa onto the show. And Issa, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm excited. Thank you so much for having me. Big shoes to fill. I, you know, I love my girl, Jessie, so I'm excited to be trying to pinch hit for her. Yeah, well, we're looking, we're very, very happy to have you on. So I know that everyone in the chat, anyone who's asking, Jessie, of course, still, you know, very busy with her newborn, Savannah, and she got Scarlet and a lot of stuff going on. So it's just, uh, it's just one of those things. We're just waiting for Jessie to come back. She's here in the chat, though, so... That is her with that highlighted thing there um, in the chat. So Jesse's here watching, and uh, so you can kind of interact with her there. And yeah, what we're gonna do today is basically, you know, any super chat y'all got, any donations that always takes priority. So if you have anything you want to say, anything that you want read out, any questions you want answered, this is gonna be answered live right here on the air. And then I put all the audio up the next day on the Fight Talk podcast feed, so everybody will hear the audio version as well. So get your answers or questions in there, get stuff answered, say your statements, all that good stuff. And before we get started, I do want to hit up a super chat that we had from Corey Williams before we got started. Uh, Corey said, came late. Oh, sorry, this was actually a few days ago. I think Corey Humble had a super chat earlier that I missed. Give me just a second, y'all. My Streamlabs is, is behind. Corey Humble says, lots of love, prayers, and positive vibes for everyone. Get well, Jesse. So thank you, Corey. Big supporter of the show. Great to uh, to see you in here again. And Jesse with the super chat on her own channel says, Love you too. Thank you for being here, Isa. <laughs> Send my love my love to Roman as well. So yes. Thank you very much. Roman Roman is getting a haircut right now, so he's not even home. <laughs> I know. Y'all don't understand how disappointed I was when I uh when I just heard that before we went live. I was like, Hey Isa, like, you know, little Roman, he can be on the show today. And she was like, Oh, he's getting his haircut and I was like what do you mean he's getting his haircut? Um, so, so, I'm hoping I'm hoping that he makes it back home before we go off the air. We'll see. Well, the good thing for Roman is that he's kind of like the unofficial mascot of the podcast, anyways. So his picture is shown often on this show. Like in the intro, just then he's his picture comes up during that. Like when he's watching uh, that picture you sent me of him watching me and Jesse. So. He's the background of my on my computer. That picture is the background of my computer. It's so funny. <laughs> like I have a when I have family come over to watch football, I like I I mirror my computer screen into my living room so I can watch the game off my computer. And my parents were like, "Whose dog is that? Like, <laughs> like, like whose whose dog is is your is your computer background?" And then I explained to them who Roman was and who you were and all that stuff and. Very, very wholesome, so. <laughs> he's the best. He he has an attitude problem, though. But I'm sure you know. You, you know Yorkies, but he's he's a handful, really. Yorkies are the best, though. Like, mm -hmm. I love them so much. He's just these cute little dogs, man. It's, it's funny. Like, I've had to, like, go off and, like, find ways to justify it. Because I've told you, like, my family and my friends and stuff were like, why in the world would you get a Yorkshire Terrier? And I'm like, yo. Brett Favre's got a Yorkshire Terrier. Seth Rollins has a Yorkshire Terrier. Like, there's there's dudes like that I'm fans of that have Yorkies. So like, it's not like it isn't weird. 
That's what I'm trying to say. But how about even attitude? I think I think my my nephew has a German Shepherd, and Roman has more attitude than that big ass dog. Like I <laughs> love their personality. You you have to have one to understand that. I think once you have one, you can't really go back to any other breed. Yes, <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Oh man. Well, today what we're probably going to talk about mostly is Bobby Lashley winning the WWE Championship. So that was. I mean, in my opinion, a great moment in wrestling and something I've been looking forward to for a while. I guess we'll start off with that, Issa. Like, how did you feel seeing Lashley defeat The Miz last night to win the championship? I was so happy for him. It felt not only deserved, but mostly well overdue for Bobby Lashley. I'm a big fan. As you know, I'm a huge fan of MMA as well as I am yep. wrestling. I'm, a, I'm just a big fan of comeback sports in general. And I just know that Lashley is such a badass, and it felt like for so many years, WWE just had it so wrong with him, with the way they were booking him. And this, it just, it, it was meant to be, it, it happened organically, MVP revived his career, just everything about it just felt like the right time. And I just, I, I just love it when it happens organically. And it was, it was perfect, honestly. The Miz was quite entertaining throughout the night, though. Yeah, I mean, it was entertaining, but it was frustrating because, but it, but it worked. See, this is the thing. Yeah. Is like, I didn't realize on a man bun we're showing today. Usually it's a little bit lower. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, we look kind of like Hangman Page. He kind of wears it like that. But, uh, anyways, the thing for me was I only watched Raw because I wanted to see Lashley win the title. So, and because I knew we'd be talking about it today, but usually I'm, I, Raw is really hit or miss for me. Like, I watch it if, like, I'm interested in something. If not, I just don't bother. But this show, I tuned in. And then they're like, okay, it's going out at 9 p.m. And I'm like, okay, great. I, I'll tune back in in an hour. I know that um, McIntyre and Sheamus had a really good match. So I want to give them credit for that. Yeah. So It I, was amazing. Should have been on a pay-per-view, honestly. I, I totally agree. And I was impressed by that. Like, that did keep my attention. When I saw they were going at it, I was like, okay, I'm going to keep watching this. And then before I know it, it's like 15 minutes till 9 p.m. Eastern. So I'm like, okay, great. I'm just going to keep it on. And then hopefully Lashley wins the title and then I can bounce and don't have to watch the rest of the show. Because I figured, you know, the rest of it's going to be like Retribution and and Nia Jax and other stuff I'm just not interested in. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to tune out after, the, after Lashley wins the title. And then they do the whole... Miz is like, oh, my stomach hurts. And I'm like, oh, no. I'm going to have to call you out right now. and just. Un- I know you've been watching wrestling long enough to know that there is a title change is going to happen on the main event at the end of the show, no matter what they try to sell you at oh, no. the beginning of the show. Oh, no, for sure. Well, what I, what I started worrying about was that they just weren't going to do the match at all. Right. I, was like, I thought they weren't going to do the title change. I thought they were going to figure out a DQ or an interference. I, I'm with you on that one. You're right. Because even at the end of the show, I was like, he's going to figure out something to get away with this until Fastlane. Yeah, I probably missed kind of spoke, but I, what I really meant to say was, like, I, they were advertising it for 9 p.m. I didn't think that, like, he would really win the title at 9 p.m., but I was hoping he would. But I figured there'd be some sort of reason why. The, I figured the match just wasn't going to happen yesterday. I figured, it, like, that was going to be, like, their reason for pushing it off to the pay-per-view or whatever. And then they rescheduled till the next hour. And I'm like, well, this is even weirder, because, like, if they didn't do it at 9 p.m., like, why would they do it at 10 p.m.? Like, Surely they do it at the end of the show, like what you were saying. And he comes out and then just gets himself, you know, counted out. And I was like, I was like, okay, two ways that I can look at this. Either Lashley wins the title at the end of this show and it's all worth it. Or 
fuck this company because this is this is the like, you're making me watch this whole three hours like you it worked congratulations you got me to watch yeah. all three hours that was the whole point you fell for it what it well so. yeah I, I guess I technically yes I fell for it. it's like I saw it coming but like I just accepted it happening to me now to be fair I did have some friends that hit me up that were like yo just tell me what happens at the end like they tuned out after 9 p.m they were like it's not happening like I'm just let me know what happens. I'll watch your show tomorrow or whatever. So, I don't know. But I guess it's a, this is a long roundabout way of saying, by the end of the show, I did like how it all turned out. Because Lashley just beat the hell out of it. Like, it wasn't a match. Like, he went out there to just squash the Miz for the title after all As that. As he so, should have. Exactly. And it made it worth it. So, yeah, it sounds like you agree with, like, this all kind of working out for the best. But it was frustrating getting there for me. I, I liked it. There's nothing that I like more when it comes to Raw and it being three hours than a story told throughout the show that makes you have to stay tuned in, right? Because if you have to sit here and watch it, then make me have to stay invested. And they don't do that often enough. Just to that back in the day, a story will just run throughout the show, you know what yeah. I mean? And then all of a sudden, they just stop doing that and, and every hour just feels different lately. And Yesterday, they, they kind of managed to keep us invested from the beginning to the end with Bobby Lashley and The Miz while giving us a couple of really good things here and there in between with the whole, like you said, um, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus, etc. But um, I, I really, really like what The Miz did. As a transitional champion, we know why they put the title on him, why it was a week-long you know, title reign or whatever it was, a week, two weeks. That being said, yesterday just reminded me why the miss is the right panic button to press when you need to press it. You know what I mean? He's so good at his job. Even when they were doing the lumberjack, like when he would get out of the ring, he was offering title shots to the lumberjacks. So they would like try to let him escape. Like this guy, he's so good. He's so good. And Bobby Lashley obviously deserves it. But listen, to 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 be the person that they say, hey, listen, we got to put the title on you just for a week. Can you do the most? He did the most. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He. I mean, that's those are really good points. Like, because I've been a Miz fan. I've, I've talked about it on the show a lot. Like, I was a fan. Like, I've got Miz merchandise from when he was on The Real World. Like, from forever mm -hmm. ago. Like, I was always a fan of his. I followed his whole story from, like, him going and he did the Road Rules challenges and, like, got the money to, to yeah. put himself Same. through wrestling school, right? And it's like goes to UPW and a lot of people don't realize he trained at the same spot that Samoa Joe and John Cena did like back in the day. And then, so like, I've always been a big fan, but even I was like the Miz is the champion in 2021. Like they got such a stacked roster. How are they going back to the Miz? But the way that it played out did work out really well, I think. And I really loved during that match. Like I was paying attention to Riddle. He was marking out. It was so funny. Cause like, Lashley was like picking Miz up like over his head and slamming him and Riddle was like jumping up and down like looking at people like do you see this like he's killing this dude but do you know why Riddle was marking out right like we all know that Bobby Lashley was literally murdering <laughs> right. Riddle every week for the last month now Matt Riddle is realizing he's moving on he's got the main title now he's gonna leave me and the US title alone so he's just celebrating that he gets to stay alive yeah <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I was kind of thinking that, too. I was like, every time we've seen this happen, he winds up in the hurt lock, flailing his arms around, tapping out. Oh, man. <laughs> Not remembering where he's at or his name or anything <laughs> like that. I 
I really liked it. And, and it was just funny. The more that the myths got away with it, the more that I was like, you don't want to do this. Because the, the hurt business is like the mob of, like, the, the raw, you know what I mean? Like, you have Roman Reigns playing that mafia boss style. I feel like the Hurt Business are the mob of Monday Night Raw. So it's like, if you owe them one, they're going to collect. And the Miz just, he just, he didn't have a choice. He, he, he was coming. Whether it was, it should have been last night. It should have been the week before. I'm glad they did it last night. So I really think that we're going to stretch this out until Fastlane. And that was a big fear of mine. Same here. So especially throughout the night when it was like the stomach aches and the the count out and stuff i'm like they're gonna push this off to the pay-per-view like these these mother effers like these like <laughs> and uh and i'm glad they did it last night too because like i would have liked to see it last week because kind of for the same reason i tuned into raw last week because i watched elimination chamber so i was like oh lashley's the one who basically won the title for for the miz right there so I bet Lashley, like Lashley might get, like just win the title tomorrow night because I figured the Miz would be a really short term thing, but it was smart of them to like tease it last week, promote it this week, get people interested, and so it it did play out really well. Oh, uh, we had a super chat that I don't want to forget here from Ahmed. Thank you very much, Ahmed. You're always always supporting the show. Very much appreciated. Says uh oh some from wrestling inc over to over here glad to see you or sorry glad to have you isa uh here to send love and say hi we miss you jesse so um we got a fan there ahmed who's tuning in and watching you right now isa yeah I, i've been i've been on wrestling inc for a couple of weeks now actually i think a month i'm having fun over there talking um you know about smackdown i'm mostly on on fridays over there last night i got to feeling and talk a little bit about monday night raw as well so thank you yeah do you want to know how small of a world this is y'all and like especially in the wrestling world i know i've talked about this on the show before but i met isa in person before we knew each other like years ago and <laughs> it was it was at wrestlemania 33 in orlando and yep. I went, I got, I came to Orlando and at the time when I got there, I only had tickets, I think for NXT. And I was like, I'm going to get WrestleMania tickets. But like, I had been talking to Drew, um, who I knew through WrestleRumble.com, mutual friends and Drew, you know, being the ticket guy, I, I hit him up and I never met him either. So I'm just like DMing him and he's like, Hey, meet me at this pool at this hotel. And I'm like, <laughs> all right and i'm like dude and i'm thinking like how am i gonna stand out like to where we even know to see each other because this this pool was like i didn't I, I found out when i got there there was so many people at this hotel pool so i was like you know what i'm gonna be like the 30 year old dude walking around in like this fucking john cena shirt like he can't miss it like <laughs> i'm gonna put on this john cena shirt and just walk around this pool until some guy like flags me down like he's... so anyways I'm walking around. Unfortunately, there was a lot of wrestling shirts in Orlando that weekend. So you probably didn't stand out as much as you well, thought you I would. Well, I figured me being my age wearing the, you know what I mean? I figured you'd be like, oh, who's this Mark walking around? And oh, that's the dude who needs the ticket. You know, like, so, so, because it's like, I go down there with like all these like cool, like NXT and indie shirts. And I'm like, I'm going to throw on this, this bright John Cena shirt and just start walking around. And, and I, I, anyways, make a long story short, I, I meet up with Drew and Drew's like, Hey man, just chill here for a minute. Um, uh, the person you're going to buy the ticket. <laughs> I like a fucking drug. <laughs> <Right? girl. laughs> and, and he's like, Hey, the person you're buying your ticket from will be here any minute. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I thought I was buying it from you. So like, I'm sitting there and it was, I mean, it was chill. Like they had like a bucket of beers and we're just hanging out. 
And then I went to buy my ticket from you. And the ticket was great. Yeah. Like there were the, the. Oh, it was great seats. I ended up, I think I was only one session over from you. It was that I needed an extra ticket. So he sold those. He did the ticket exchange for me, basically, because my I took my nephew and my nephew ended up bringing someone. And I was like, well, shit, I was only prepared for you and me, buddy, you know. And so we, I was like, if I can find a third ticket. So, of course, I did the same thing. I called through and I was like, listen, can you hook me up? And he ended up finding me the same seats, just one extra ticket. So you bought my tickets and I bought tickets for. So he had like four people there. I'm <laughs> telling you, it felt like a drug deal. It was hilarious. My nephew was like, when we first got there, because I think he thought we were going to like a ticket office or whatever. <laughs> yeah. We get to the fucking Hard Rock Hotel and he's like, what is going on? And I'm like, just shut up and follow my lead, okay? <laughs> when you walk up, just looking like... I done this, I done this all the time with him. We did it in Dallas. Like I, I'm the queen of last minute tickets. In Dallas, we did the last minute NXT because we both landed the day off NXT. So I did not buy NXT ahead of time. Time afraid that we will get delayed or anything. You know yeah. what I mean? But then we're both there and we have time to go see NXT. So I'm like, okay, fuck it. Let's find some last minute tickets. Like I do it all the time. So my nephew, he just shuts up and be like, she's going to get us there one way or another. And he was just laughing because he was like, you don't get tickets at this shady ass hotel. <laughs> oh my God. When you showed up wearing like, like a nice dress or something. I think you were like dressed up at this. So like everyone at the pool is like, Oh, who's this chick? And like, I'm just, I'm just like buying tickets from this. Tr- but it was, yeah, it was, it, but the tickets wound up being great. Like I thoroughly enjoyed myself in those seats and, and to make in this, you probably don't even know. And I realized that after the fact too, we have actually been, um, uh, almost, I don't know what the right word is. Peers. We had we had very, we had we worked for like the same uh person at one point. Um years ago, I used to do SmackDown reviews for the fans podcast. And you used to do oh my God. Yeah, and you yeah. used to do the raw ones, I'm Holy pretty shit. sure, right? Like we used to like yeah. so we were actually on the same platform years ago. Um That's and never crazy. knew each other, which is just go figure. Yeah, yeah, it is it is a small world when you really think about it and it's also so big. Like there's the one thing that I love about wrestling fans is I mean wrestling in general is the amount of people that I have met through it, the amount of peers that I have met through it. But like I have fan I have like friends all over the world. Like I have this group of guys that always travel from the UK and I met them through Twitter. And now we meet at every WrestleMania and they're my, I always call them my UK friends. <laughs> and like, it's, it's amazing the, the amount of connections that you make just by being a wrestling fan, let alone when you start covering it, that's a whole different ball game because now you're getting recognized by people that you have no idea who they are. And I'm sure this has happened to you, but it happens to me a lot, especially in Brooklyn. Like, cause everybody knows I go to every show at Barclays and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Hey, what's up? I have no idea sometimes who I'm talking to. I'm still try to be as friendly as I can, but I'm like, I don't know fucking idea who I just said hi to, but hey, what's up? <laughs> it's awesome. It's such a small world. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I've, I've, it's happened to me not very often, but like it has, a, it, it happens more so like indie show, shows for me. Cause like, you know, le- less, yeah. less crowd. The coolest thing that's ever happened is there have been times where like someone's wearing a fight talk shirt, like at a show that I'm at. And I'm like, oh my God, someone has my merchandise and they're wearing it here. Like, I make it a point to like go buy him a beer and like if they want a picture or anything, I'm like, yo, like, thank you so much for buying this t-shirt. Like, you have no idea like what this means, like just to see someone wearing this. Um, once again, it doesn't happen often, but every now and then an indie show, I spot one and I'm like, holy shit, that guy's got a fight talk shirt. No, no fucking shit. 
Um, Amazing. But for the for for y'all, I'm sure it happens all the time to to the uh, kind of the women of the uh, the the wrestling community, especially those of y'all who do like the fine women who watch wrestling hashtags and stuff. Like those things get like hundreds of of likes and retweets and stuff. Like y'all are like like celebrities in the space. You know what I mean? I just stand out because I'm always wearing six in- six inch heels to every <laughs> wrestling show I attend, and people don't know how I do it. And I'm like, I I'm wearing he- I'm wearing high heels right now as we speak. Like that's just I I live in them. <laughs> so like when people are like, wait, you went to I went to WrestleMania in heels, and they're like, you made it all nine hours, and I was like, yeah, and I partied afterwards in them. Like I think that's probably why I always stand out because I'm actually for a Puerto Rican, I would say I'm quite tall. Let alone when I put on the high heels, <laughs> so I literally stand out. I guess. Oh, I love it. We had another uh, another donation here from Ahmed, uh, the same guy who liked watching likes watching you over at uh, Wrestling Inc. Uh, oh, he just had a, another one before I read the last one, so we'll uh, we'll knock both these out. First one just says, "Let's go, Isa." So, man, big Yay! fan there. That's awesome. And he sent another one that says, "As Moxley said, Isa, wrestling is a community, not just a sport. You're awesome, like always." So. Yeah. Right. Yay! Thank you so much. Yeah, wrestling is a community more more so than a sport. I, that's that's something I like so much about Moxley right now is he's really uh his promos seem very very genuine and when he says stuff like that you really believe it because I mean that dude's out there doing blood sport events like he has, he doesn't need to be showing up at, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean he doesn't need to be showing up at Josh <laughs> Barnett's blood sport and like he does it because he loves like fighting and wrestling and just wants to. It's like his, his escape and his art. I think it's so cool. Listen, I'm the number one Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose. <laughs> <laughs> he were there. Hater there is. And the reason why that was is because he never felt genuine to me. And I always thought he's not a WWE guy. You need to let this guy just be wild. And that's what they're doing with him in AEW. And I appreciate this guy so much more than Dean Ambrose because he just came off so scripted and even when he tried to be genuine you could tell he was holding back and now that i see him i i really do wish wwe would have given this guy a chance because he would have been huge but whatever he is where he's meant to be this guy's crazy he doesn't want to be filtered he doesn't want to be censored and i'm here for it he's somebody that just like bobby lashley a year ago there's a couple of wrestlers that have really turned me around from when i felt from where i was with them you know, a few years ago, a year ago, to where I'm with them now, and Dean Ambrose to John Moxley is a big one that that kind of turned me around. Yeah, and I, I like that you mentioned that because I say that all the time. Like with, there are certain wrestlers that I'm just not a big fan of, and I'll talk about that on the show and stuff. And I always make sure to let people know my mind can be changed. Like there have been plenty of wrestlers, mm-hmm. like Marco Stunt. I I used to watch him wrestle years ago at like bars and high school gyms. And like, at first I was like, this guy, like his height and his, this just, I just, I don't know if I could ever get into this. And after I saw him a few times, I was like, you know what? Marco Stunt's really damn good. I really shouldn't be hating on this guy. Like I, and then now I'm like a huge fan of his. Like there's, there's been plenty of wrestlers like that where like, you know, at first I didn't get it or I didn't like it, or maybe they changed a little something or other about themselves. But Wrestling fans fans need to have an open mind about that. Like, just because you're not a fan of someone right now doesn't mean it's it's like the whole like. Re- Look at Roman Reigns. Come on, you know Roman Reigns had the biggest hater pool 
there is in WWE and now everybody's in the bandwagon. And I'm enjoying it because I've been here since day one. You have. But it's just funny to see the ones that have not been here since day one when you call them out and be like, weren't you hating him like two years ago? I do it just for the laugh <laughs> because it's like, I remember you, you know? And then and then they go, no, all I said was, and I'm like, don't take it back. It's okay to say that you appreciate a character change. Wrestling characters have to evolve because wrestling never stops. If you have the same guy over and over for like 10 years, you're not gonna you're gonna end up hating them eventually. They have to change, which is what they need to do with Drew McIntyre. Don't get me started on that. But anyway, no, we, we can talk about that. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying, like even even Bobby Lashley. I'm telling you, like what a year ago he was doing that whole Lana bullshit. You really think if you would have told me then that I was gonna be sitting here clapping because he's the top guy on Raw and being booked like it, I would have probably laughed. Yeah, that's a great point too, because like. My whole thing with Lashley, his whole career has been, he checks every box except for the promo. He's his his voice doesn't match. Well, it's it's similar to Brock, like, and that's why. I was just gonna say the Brock Lesnar syndrome. It is, and and they fixed that right away with Paul Heyman for Brock. So Lashley for a minute had Leo Rush, who I thought was doing a fantastic job, and you know whatever happened there happened, and Leo's you know back out on the Indies, but. MVP has been perfect, and the Hurt Business has been perfect for that character. So that box I was missing, that whole promo box, it's been fixed. So he checks every box for me now, and I have no problem at all. It's kind of similar to Moose over an Impact. For years, I didn't really see what the big deal with him was. But over the last six months, the last year, he's tweaked some things. There's been some character development, and like it's a totally different thing. If you ask me now... Should, I, should Moose be Impact Champion? I'd be fine with it. But like a year ago, I'd have been like, no, I think that's a bad idea. Like, you know, it, it's it's these little changes. Same thing with Roman Reigns. I, I was one of those. And John Cena is the same thing for me. I hated on these guys for years. And then they changed a little something or other. For Roman, it was the heel turn. John Cena hasn't changed anything but his hairline. Well, well, but, okay. but the thi- well <laughs> the thing for John Cena was the U.S. Open Challenge. That's what... Oh, that was the best. That was the best. Because, that, because yeah. he proved he can wrestle and he can go toe-to-toe with the best, like, indie guys in the world. And and he, I think he elevated that whole group of people when he wrestled them. Like, guys like Sami Zayn and Stardust and Neville and these guys who were, like, mid-card guys, they went with, when they were John Cena, went toe-to-toe, had good matches and came out on the better end. Even Owens. When Kevin Owens came out with that NXT title, that whole thing changed my entire life. It was so good. And the fact that John Cena let him go over, but not even that. It's the fact that John Cena was winning these matches. And when you can elevate your opponent when they lose, you're really, really good at your job. Because typically it takes a pin or a win for for somebody to be elevated. John Cena was elevating these guys while still beating them. And that is humongous. Yes. That's what that's actually what Roman Reigns is doing right now. Look at Jay Uso. Jay Uso didn't win any of his matches against um Roman Reigns, but now we see him as what? Main event J. You forgot that he's a tag team wrestling. That like wrestler. That is such an art to be able to do that in wrestling. Yes, a hundred percent. Um Yeah, the Owens thing with the only thing with that, I because I'm a huge Kevin Steen fan, like I was so stoked with him as the NXT champion. I thought he like really made that brand like, the brand mattered, but, like, it started to really matter, I think, when he was the champion. Then then yeah. Finn Balor took it to, like, the next level with his title reign. But 
man, if they would have just left it there, like, if Owens would have just beat Cena, but then not lost to him the next two times they wrestled, like, we could be talking about Kevin Owens on the same level as, like, a John Cena or Roman Reigns, I think, if they would have just kept that push strong and kept him protected. I, I was always bummed that they made him lose to Cena twice after he beat him. Yeah, I I think that Kevin Owens had a lot of momentum. I think they recovered that when Triple H helped him win that Universal title. And then it was that Goldberg bullshit that kind of like brought him back down. That's a great point. Um, but I I, th- I do think that at that moment when Triple H turned on Seth and, and helped Kevin win, he fell back up there. For me, at least. Again, I'll never forget the ending of that Raw. It was so exciting. Like, I didn't even know how to act. <laughs> because Seth is one of my favorites ever. So it was like I was not expecting it. That being said, I, I do think the, the Goldberg thing um, really, really hurt Kevin Owens. I don't know that he's found – I don't. he hasn't felt that big since then, for me yeah. at least. Yeah, and l- luckily, like, I you know, I don't watch SmackDown a ton, but I catch, like, clips of what I hear. Wow, okay, bye. Well, no, it's it's because it's Friday nights. <laughs> There's so, – with me being as involved in like indie, on the indie wrestling side as I am, most indie shows that I watch drop on Friday nights. So like, I have to really watch one or the other. So yeah, I'm sorry. But here's the thing: I always go out of my way to watch Roman Reigns' stuff, and I always go out of my way to see what Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens are doing. So though it looks like Kevin Owens has has actually been handled really well lately on SmackDown. Same with Daniel Bryan. Looks like they're trying to maybe push Cesaro a little bit. But my thing is, as long as as long as they make that outlier where Roman Reigns is above everyone else, like they need to do that. Like Roman Reigns needs to be unbeaten. I mean, I'm talking till like next WrestleMania, maybe like a whole nother year. Yeah, you know? I think I think that Roman Reigns feels in a whole different level than everybody else in that show. And that show is that. This last Friday, I was just talking about how much fun it was to watch it. It didn't feel the two hours flew by because it was like. Good feud after good feud after good feud. And we didn't even see everybody in the in the roster. Like, Kevin Owens wasn't there. Bailey wasn't there. The tag team champs weren't there. You know what I mean? And that's what I like. SmackDown feels a lot like NXT did back in the day when Finn Balor was the champion. You know, you would watch for two hours and you still couldn't get enough. Um, but I do think that, that Roman Reigns just feels in a whole different level. He comes out and he just owns the place. It's his show and you can just tell. Which is why I am a bit worried about what's going to happen with Seth Rollins. I almost wish they would have drafted him to Raw because I feel like Raw could use him a little bit more because SmackDown is so stacked. Yeah. Um, like even when Seth's music hit on Friday, it was a bit like, oh shit, yeah, he's back. And I don't ever want to feel that way about Seth Rollins. You know what I mean? I want to be looking forward to his segments, not forgetting, oh yeah, he's on this show. Yes. Hannah! Yes, we got a few super chats to get to. Thank you very much, Hannah. I'll get to these here in just a second. Um, um, what was I gonna say? Jordan Laster said in the chat, "You're on thin ice now." Oh, she, you're, she's talking about because I don't want SmackDown that often. Here, here's the thing, y'all. Just full disclosure. This is one thing I'll always give WWE credit for is their is their production because if even if I don't watch SmackDown for an entire month and I don't even watch Raw for an entire month, if I watch the pay-per-view, I will be compl- it will be completely explained to me through video packages what I'm watching. Like I'll know what the feud right. is, I'll know all the highlights of it, I'll know who won the matches leading up to it, I'll know the whole story, and all I got to do is watch the pay-per-view. Um so I love that aspect of it because it saves me a ton of time of like watching 3-hour shows and 2-hour shows because this is the other side of it, Isa. I'm covering 
Impact on a weekly basis. I'm watching AEW live. I watch all these things on IWTV because I cover it on the weekender for Fightful on Sunday. So I'm watching so much damn wrestling. And that's not even to get into the MMA side of it, you know, with all the MMA there is. Right. So for me, it's like a few things just get lost out. And for me, the WWE is the least exciting, just me personally. So, but here's the thing. Roman Reigns makes me a big, big fan of what they're doing on SmackDown. And and on Raw, Bobby Lashley being the champion, this is something where I'm going to watch Raw next week. Like, I'm, I want to see where this goes with him. And I want to see, because here's the thing. Let me, let me address these super chats first. Then I'm going to ask you this question, okay? Mm-hmm. So first, Ahmed with another super chat. Thank you so much, Ahmed. Um, I think he had something that he said in the chat to go along with it. So if this doesn't make sense, we'll we'll figure it out. It says, one okay. Dean Ambrose promo I still remember was when he wore a gas mask and said, do you have any idea what it's like to live oh, with somebody God. who's... Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so Ambrose would agree. Like, he said in interviews since he's left the WWE that that whole heel turn when they were making him wear a gas mask and, and making him get shot in the ass by doctors on screen and stuff, like, that is... That's when he realized, like, I'm not re-signing with this company, no matter what they offer me. So, yep, I agree. I, what did you think about that, Issa? <laughs> I, they went so wrong with that because I felt like, while I hated everything about it, I'm a big fan of The Shield. I don't know. My, my turn on Dean Ambrose happened when The Shield broke up because I will never blame Seth Rollins for anything because he does no wrong in my eyes. <laughs> so, of course, I, I took all my anger of The Shield breaking up on, the, on Dean Ambrose. And the fact that they took the night that Roman made that announcement to turn him heel. And then the direction that they went with that was so wrong because the emotions were there for the heel turn. But in my opinion, it w- it just didn't need to happen that night. So I was already kind of like, I don't know that this was the right call. I think a lot of people felt that it was because people were emotional. I didn't like it. And then they went in that completely weird direction. And when I heard him on, on the J- Podcast talking about how that was re- the 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 thing that made him go yeah not resigning yeah I don't blame him like this is like th- that was too real and and they hadn't cut some promos and there was and there was things that he said he didn't even say that they wanted him to say about Roman Reigns and he's like these dudes travel together that's like his brother why would you like that it was I, I it was very not tasteful. On WWE, on my opinion, you know, and thank goodness that Roman is healthy and killing it right now. But it was just like you don't you don't mess with that when there's a real life situation going on. And me personally, I've been through cancer more than once, so I don't I just don't fuck with that. Sorry for the language. You, you oh, just no, don't no, mess no with worries. that. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's just like don't don't do that. And I didn't like it, and I don't blame him for making his mind at that point. I agree with you. I remember that promo. I will never forget that promo. It was stupid. Yeah, it really was. Because I, I remember, like, during that, I think Moxley even said something along the lines of, like, they handed him, you know, a, a sheet of paper and, or an envelope or something that had his next contract offer on it. And he didn't even look at it. He just, like, threw it right in the trash. Like, he didn't, like, he didn't care how much money they were about to offer him. He, he was He was done. So, but he also even spoke about how he went all the way to Stanford to pitch what he wanted to do with his character upon his return, and they wasted that return on a on a tag team with Seth Rollins. Well, listen, it was great. It was, I I always pop for a return, especially when it's from injury. You want to see these guys come back healthy and looking better than ever, which he did. He like worked on himself. He came back yeah. in amazing shape. He changed his hair. He changed his look, and then you have him come back to to tag with. Said, I hate when they waste returns like that. They just did it with Charlotte too. You 
pair her up with Asuka for nothing. Like, it's stupid. And, and, and that will make me mad, too, because a lot of times, you know, you blame them for not... Sometimes they say these wrestlers need to open their mouth when they're not happy with what creative is giving them. But a lot of them do it, and they still don't don't get given another opportunity or don't get, you know, talked to about, okay, what, what is it that you want to do? So I, th- I, I feel like he tried, you know what I mean? But he, he, he wasn't, I don't know. I don't know. He wasn't it, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's true too. I mean, even on like a writing level, that's something that I think some fans don't realize is, you know, they get really mad at the writing team a lot with, with WWE and they're like, I mean, how could you got 27 writers writing for a show and how is it possible that these are the stories and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, y'all really think the writing team doesn't have the same ideas we do? It's, it's just because it's getting filtered through a 70 something year old man who's shooting all the ideas down. Like, I'm sure there's plenty of people with good ideas in that room. But but mm-hmm. but then but then what they start doing is they start writing for Vince. Like they realize that all of their ideas just keep getting shot down. So then they just start writing something they think Vince is going to like, even though it's not good. So. That's that's like the spot that we're in with some of the stories, but yeah, it's uh it's interesting times. And then Hannah had another super chat. Thank you very much, Hannah. Says Roman unbeaten till next Mania. Then he faces The Rock at the first full Mania back. I I could totally see that happening. Uh, I think that The Rock and Roman Reigns is like the best. It makes just complete sense, especially if Roman keeps like enslaving his family members. If he gets like, you know jimmy Uso like under his control and like you know even if they brought back other family members like you know who knows you you could take really anyone from that samoan family and like put them in that stable as like roman controlling them and then the rock comes back to try to like free his family but the thing for me is like i want to see him beat the rock also oh yeah he has to beat everybody roman should just retire with the with the universal title like it should be some bruno <laughs> san martino record-breaking title Honestly, that listen, I'm I'm a Roman Mark. That's what I've been told. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I want to see him beat everybody. Well, I want to see him beat everybody too. I want to see him beat The Rock. I want to see him beat Tamina. I want to see him beat Naomi, the other Uso. I want to see him beat everybody. <laughs> yes, yeah, same here. I mean, that's they have such a unique opportunity here to really. Because my thing is, if. If he beats The Rock at WrestleMania, you know, there's going to definitely be a percentage of fans that go, well, if he beats The Rock, then, like, who beats Roman? Like, they're going to be out of people. He's going to beat everyone on SmackDown. He'll probably, you know, beat everyone on Raw. Um, You know, it's going to be like, who's going to finally beat this guy? But what I think they should do is, you know, kind of over the next year, you have Roman, I mean... I don't you I they, they can do Roman and Goldberg. I wouldn't care as long as Roman just destroyed it. No, stop Dude, it. Don't manifest that. As, lo- as long as, as long as the match is the bell rings, Roman spears him and and puts him in a guillotine choke. Like I am not I'm not here to watch Roman shirtless for only 2 minutes. I'm going to need a longer. <laughs> well, that's I mean that's the thing because <laughs> I'm just trying to think of people cuz they can do him and Brock again with Brock as the baby face and I think that'd be interesting cuz Heyman would be in the middle and you'd have to kind of not like you don't know who Heyman's going to align with kind of like Lesnar and Punk you know years back so they have some cool opportunities there but then I think they WWE needs to be really careful and paying attention to how they treat like the bigger names they have in NXT right now because those are going to be the people who are like potentially going to be able to beat Roman years from now, I think. And that's how you make like new real stars because the people we've already seen, there's nobody in NXT right now that could be Roman Reigns. 
not even years from now. Well, but that's the thing is like, like right now you look at their current their current people that are like like main players on Raw and SmackDown, and it's all these people we've seen kind of like lose their luster over time. Like you know, like uh, the people we've mentioned, you guys like Cesaro, Daniel Bryan. Kevin Owens, like these are all great wrestlers, but none of them are going to be like your next John Cena at this point. But let's just—I know you probably don't like it with the size difference, but like I—I I would have no problem if it, if built correctly. If someone, don't even if someone like Adam Cole, yeah, I'd be fine with someone like Adam oh, Cole. God. Like they need to, they need to push. It's got to be somebody who's got. I mean, he might be getting up there in age though by that time. But that's that's got that's got to be. He's never new. getting up there. He's never getting up there literally okay it's not adam cole it's not it let's well, move on let's move maybe carrion cross and i don't yeah, know that tiktok style interest on his, I, I mean carrion cross would make but once again we're also talking years from now so there's going to be people who get signed for all we know it could be someone who's big in AEW right now winds up jumping over you know who who knows you know a couple years from now but that's what they have to be planning for is like roman needs to get to that spot and he needs to be the top guy but they have to have some sort of plan. It's, it's similar to the Brock Lesnar thing or the Undertaker streak. Like the Undertaker streak, Brock winning that, like Brock didn't need to win that match. Like I don't, I don't hate the idea of it, but like it didn't. Like had it been Roman, it would have made a, it would have been way bigger had Roman done it at WrestleMania when we were there in Orlando, I think, than had Brock beat the streak on WrestleMania 30. You know what I mean? Like they have to have these long-term plans to, to know what they're going to like. You can't just build somebody and make them the top person with no plan at all of like, okay, who else can we get to this level? Because then you get John Cena situations where they get so big that they leave the company and then you just don't have any stars. I didn't have a problem with Brock beating the streak, but of course we all know I'm super biased on that. I do think they booked Brock right after that. I mean, he went ahead to freaking murder John Cena in the greatest wrestling match of all time. Um... I, I didn't like that when Brock finally lost after beating the streak, it was to Goldberg. Right. I didn't like it, but I, I liked the story that he told, and I was able to be there for him winning the Universal title, which was in my bucket list, to see Brock win a title live. That's when we were, we were um, there. That was the show we were talking yeah. about. Yeah, and, and actually, that was a good match. That actually probably should have been it for Goldberg as yes, well, honestly. 100%. But that night, even though it wasn't the streak, had The Undertaker not came back, and the next night, when Roman caught that this is my yard now promo, you could have had the Roman Reigns that you have now then if you would have really ran with it. And they didn't. They they put they put him right back to what they were doing with him, the big dog, oh, ha, ha, you yes. know. And that that was the mistake because they had it. But I I partially blame and I love him. I love the guy, but I partially blame Taker not being happy with his performance at that match and wanting to come back and redeem himself. And I understand that because I feel like Undertaker gave so much to the business that if we're going to do is undo his retirement so he can come back and make up for something he's disappointed with, you do it because he gave enough to the business. You know what I mean? That being said, if you really would have booked Roman Reigns as a badass heel after that night on, what we have now, we could have had it years ago. Yeah, I agree. And and then at this point, we would have the guy that they wanted back then. Because mm-hmm. after a couple of years of what he's doing right now, well, I, I shouldn't even say a couple of years. Really, it's going to be whenever fans are back. Because when they get full stadiums again, people are going to be cheering Roman with this character. Because it's a really entertaining character. Like, there's he's going to get his booze because he's a heel. And it's like, that's what they want. But 
this is event. I guess my point is eventually Roman Reigns is going to be the biggest baby face in the company, but they're doing all this. Like it's taking like five years later than what it should have. Cause which right. is what you're saying. Had they pulled the trigger then today, we're probably talking about Roman Reigns as like that top baby face in the company and everyone's behind him. But because they waited so long, now we're getting the heel run and we'll get his baby face run, you know, a few years from now. So it just kind of prolonged everything. Yeah, yeah, I I really, it's, it's, it's sad, but I think Roman is going to have a long reign, and it's just because I don't know that there's anybody there yet. Yeah. Can we build them? Of course we can. Look at what they just did with Bobby Lashley. There's so many careers that can be turned around in a really good run where you really forget what they were doing before. I think they could do it with anybody that they really wanted to if they put creative fully behind them, but they're not really doing that for anybody right now. So I, I think that Roman is going to have a long reign. I hope that they don't do anything stupid and let him keep it. Not because I like Roman, but because when that win happens, it needs to be massive and it needs to go to the right person. Yeah, 100%. And like you said, the right person may not be there at the moment, but hopefully within the next two years or so, they have found the person that... Because that's the thing with, like, I know you're saying, like, Adam Cole will never be up there, but that's a... I hate, I hate that, that... I hate that's the, the truth because... Even Road Dog said it like last year. He was like, you know, it's a shame Adam Cole isn't, you know, six four because he'd already be the Universal Champion. And it's like, well, that's that's great. That's the mindset. Like, I really hope he doesn't ever, you know, wind up on Raw or SmackDown full time if that's like already what the stigma is. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I he just he doesn't do it for uh, me. And I, Hopefully he'll. I think he's great in the ring, but I think he's that guy that you want your favorite guys to face because they're gonna have a good match against him. Not, you know what I mean? I like, and that's that's not a good position to be in. I want him to carry himself more like a champion and like like the guy. But this whole, I don't know. I don't know. I I'm I'm, I'm I I pop for Roman because of the way that he looks. Or last night I love seeing the Miz and Bobby Lashley come out in their suits, and I just think like this whole look at us in our little cute undisputed era t-shirts all the time like it's it's not it you know what i mean but listen nxt also feel like the minor leagues and when you bring them up that could be when you really do that reset this is it i made it and i'm gonna make sure that i make the most out of this you know what i mean a lot of people are not watching on wednesday so you can really reset that character and it's very hard for me to get behind a smaller wrestler. So I'm, I'm hoping that he changes my mind when he comes up because I do think there's so many guys that I want to see him go against. But that's the problem with Adam Cole. I just want to see him go against my favorites because I know it's going to be a good match. It's like borderline AJ Styles territory, but AJ Styles, I love seeing him as champion where with Adam Cole, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? I see what you're saying. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I think AJ Styles is still one of the best in the world. Like, even at, even at his age, yeah, he's still killing it. We had another super chat from Ahmed says, A-Dub, 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 WWE sucks, LOL. Good night, y'all. <laughs> well, Ahmed, I uh, I agree, but I also, it isn't that WWE sucks, it's that Raw has been really bad for the last few years. But once again, what we're talking about from yesterday and the week before those are two good shows. Like, I have nothing bad I can really say about it. I mean, there's some things, like, I think Retribution's lame as hell, but, like, that's just a personal thing. Like, I'm just not into the story. But for the most part, right. you know, but for the most part, it's been, and from what I'm hearing, SmackDown's been killing it. So, like, I can't say anything bad about SmackDown at all. Um, But, yes, as a fan, I'm more interested in AEW. But I also have, 
I have some serious bias there too. Like, you know, so. Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna say the opposite of what you said earlier, and which is my issue with AEW is that every time I try to watch AEW, I feel very lost. If there is a match going on, yes, it's amazing in ring action, right? But there's so many factions, there's so many guys with guys, and they don't do enough video packages or enough. Let me stop and explain to you what is happening here. I'm hoping that if I tune into, um, what's the name of this pay-per-view? Revolution. Revolution yeah. On Saturday, I do know that they do a good job. The pre-show is basically all video packages. So I am hoping that this could be where I get caught up. But I am telling you, I don't think that AEW caters to the I'm just tuning in for the first time viewer, right? Yeah. Because I have tried to get into it multiple times and I feel lost because they assume everybody watches BTE or watches their YouTube stuff. And I'm sorry, that's not the case. And if you're looking at it as a casual, I'm just tuning in for the first time perspective, they are not catering. And that might be the reason why Wednesday nights are hitting that staying in the same numbers categories because you have your hardcore group and you're not gaining anybody new. And it's not because lack of talent on creative. It's because if you're tuning in for the first time, you have no fucking clue what's going on. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. You're, and you're very right about that because... You know, I watch Being the Elite every week, but that, that's most most of the Dynamite audience isn't. Because you can look at the YouTube numbers and see, like, if Being mm-hmm. the Elite does, like, 100,000 views, but Dynamite does, you know, 800,000, it's like, that's a very small percentage of your audience that is watching Being the Elite. So, that's a very, I mean, that's very, very true. There have been plenty of stories and stuff on Dynamite that you're seeing on the show and unless you're watching being the elite, there's no way you could have any idea what's going on on the show. So yeah, the last time I didn't feel lost watching an AEW programming was the last pay-per-view and it is because the pre-show was literally all video packages. So once the pay-per-view started, I actually knew why this person was fighting this person. And while I don't want their entire shows to be video packages, I just don't feel like they do a good enough job at telling you why these people are with these people and then these fractions break up and this person go with this person and you just don't know. You know what I mean? And it's just, I I, I do think that they could do a better job at saying, hey, if this person tuned in for the first time, will they understand what's going on in this show? And the answer is not for 90% of it. Yeah, and and Jesse in the chat said, uh, definitely good point, Issa. Feels very, quote-unquote, insider, if that makes sense, which is is true. I, I totally agree. Um, yeah, but NXT felt very insider back before the USA Network days, but you kind of still knew what was going on with who. You know what I mean? When when AW, when NXT was just in the network and not everybody was watching it, I remember being in Dallas and I think it was, I hate to bring them up, even though they were in the news this weekend, but I remember when Enzo and Cash came out and debuted at that Raw after oh, Mania. Yeah. And the crowd went crazy, and there was a couple of people that were like, what is happening? And we were all like, hi, you don't watch NXT, you don't know what's up. <laughs> so, and, and that's when NXT felt very insider, but you still knew what was going on and who was who. You know what I mean? I just hope that they, it's, it's very hard for me to word that, and I'm glad that Jesse agreed in the chat, because AW has a weird fan base, and you cannot voice any constructive criticism I want all wrestling to do well. I am a big WWE girl. I like the production value. I like all of that. But at the end of the day, we I just want wrestling to be fun and for all of us to have fun watching it. And I hate it to feel toxic when you're talking about it. Like, last night felt so good, right? Yes. Everybody was happy for Bobby Lashley. 
I want all of it to be that way. And you can't even criticize it in a way where I'm not being a hater. All I want to do is be able to tune in on Wednesdays and know what's happening. And they're not giving me that. But if you voice that to the community, it's like, oh, you're a hater, blah, blah, blah. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's the, that's another thing that turns me off a little bit about AEW. Yeah. I mean, that definitely happens both ways, though. Like, there's, but also part of it too is like, I think a lot of people just like hate watch certain shows, which is like really frustrating for me. Like, people who, you know, don't like Raw, but they watch it every Monday and then just tweet about it all night. Oh my God, I can't stand that. Or I can't stand the ones that tweet and go, that's why I stopped watching. Why are you still tweeting that? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I mean, I'm guilty of it to a degree. Like, even last night, like, I was, like, saying, like, fuck this show. And, like, Miz, like, ran out of the ring and stuff. I was like, this is so stupid. But then by the end of the show, I was like, hell yeah. Like, Lash is the champion. This, like, I'm here for this. Like, this is great. So, but there's yeah. a lot of people that, because I'm with you. Like, I want all wrestling to be good. Like, Nothing would make me happier than to be excited to watch Raw every Monday again. I mean, this was this show was such a massive part of my life for for forever. I mean, I've been watching this show since it's in 1995. I'm 32 years old. I mean, I was probably like six years or six or seven years old whenever Raw started, and and I was you know I was a WCW fan first, and I watched Nitro, and I used then I was doing the flip back and forth and the picture in picture with Raw and Nitro, you know, throughout the 90s and the whole. I, I, and I, even in college, like, I never stopped watching Raw. Like, I'd be there in my dorm room when my friends were partying, and I'd be sitting there watching Raw on Mondays. And, and like, I mean, I I love the... You should see the room I'm sitting in right now. It is full of WWE merchandise. Like, I mean, I, I've given them so much of my money over the years. It's it's embarrassing. So, like... Having we all. Yeah, sure. I, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of us in that boat. But it's one of those things where it's like, Trust me, I want the show to be good. And it may and and knowing how good SmackDown has been, that really I think that that is that's a really good sign because it shows that like there is really good stuff happening that is getting put onto the TV shows. So I think it's trickling into Raw a little bit because like I said, the last couple weeks of Raw I think have been good and the last week stuff is good. I think yeah, I think Raw is improving, and I think that Raw is playing around with the pieces that they have, trying to figure out what it is that's working. You know what I mean? Because uh, ultimately, if you really think about it, the WWE title storyline has Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, The Miz. Like, I think that they're trying to figure out what is it that works. I, yeah. I feel like they tell, hey, listen, we tried it with Drew McIntyre. I think that Drew McIntyre needs a crowd. I think that this last year has exposed that there's people that can work perfectly without a crowd, maybe even excel, and there's people that need a crowd. Not just Drew McIntyre. I think Baron Corbin is another one that needs a crowd. I don't think he's done anything differently throughout this whole you know, pandemic era while you have a Bailey who has completely just taken the empty arena era and just like gone to the moon with yeah. it, right? I think Drew McIntyre needs a crowd. So maybe this didn't work for now. I'm not saying it's not going to work. But they're, they are, they finally decided to say, okay, this isn't working. The fans are not happy. We're losing numbers. Let's try something new. And for that, I give them credit. I, I think that Monday Night Raw is finally starting to say, hey, we should probably try something different. So let's see, let's see where they go with it. I'm excited for Bobby Lashley. It's just, I think there's more excitement going on on the SmackDown end of things that there is on Raw right now. But I think that Raw is getting there and they're trying to give us something. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. 
Uh, Ahmed with another super chat says, okay, now I like you less, Issa, LOL. But good night anyways, LOL, <laughs> AEW. Um, he's, he is obviously kidding, but... Uh, no, I I know he is. It's just, I want to get into AEW. I have a YouTube channel. Listen, I want to get all the views I can get, but it's hard for me to sit down and talk about a product that I don't understand because I will never want to talk about something without knowing what I'm talking about, sure. right? And that's what I feel when it comes to AEW. That's why you don't see me tweet about it. That's why you don't see me chime in. I can only tell you how I feel, which is I just want to be able to understand the product. I'm excited for Revolution, so I will tell you that, exploding. Like, he, they had me at exploding. As soon as they said exploding, I was like, I'm there. Yes. <laughs> so I'm excited for that match. I think it's going to be absolutely insane. I don't know anything else that's on the card, but I'm I'm going to watch just for that main event. Hell yeah. Um, That's awesome. <laughs> I, I got a random question for you about WWE, and I want your opinion on this. Mm-hmm. What is your opinion on Omas, or Omas, however you say it? The gigantic AJ Styles bodyguard. <laughs> I like him, right? I think I think AJ Styles has elevated him a little bit. I just wish to find have him do something, maybe. Is he still green? I'm not too familiar with his work, right? I don't know if he's too green to wrestle yet you know what i mean but it just feels like how long are we gonna have him as the bodyguard before he really starts doing something because this dude is ginormous he looks like a badass he looks intimidating and so far you haven't really made him look dumb um but i have to see him in the ring to be able to really form a full opinion i like him with aj styles but it's just because aj styles is such a little troll (laughs) (laughs) well to be totally honest like you know, I think Lashley's, you know, the right guy right now, obviously. Like, I'm totally behind Lashley's the champion. But I, I want to see Omis as the WWE champion. I'm not even going to lie. That guy, like, because if he can wrestle even a little bit, which it looks like he can. I mean, he, he seems to be fairly athletic for his size just based on, like, the few things we've seen him do. Like, I don't think it's a great Kali-type scenario. Like, I think he's more mobile than him. I think just the, he just seems a, more athletic just the way we've seen him kind of snatch people out of the ring and like choke slam people and stuff like he looks like he knows what he's doing at least to that degree and if you have a guy who looks like him with his size that's a real opportunity there to to make like a real unstoppable uh, like it's basically like what they could have had with braun Strowman, but like they just took way too long to actually pull the trigger if they and i think that's why omas is with aj because when they want Omis to be that guy, there is nobody better on that roster that's going to be able to bump around and make Omas look incredible than him and AJ right. Styles. You know, so like, right. I, 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 so I'm glad you said that because personally speaking, I want to see them give a heavy push to Omas, even if he can just wrestle a little bit. I just want him to be able to do more than Braun Strowman, right? Um, I felt like I never thought that Braun Strowman was it, right? Same. I've said it since like since WrestleMania 33 when he came out when Brock came out the next night at Raw and everybody was like freaking out over Brock coming out I was like he's not it he's not it and I remember a lot of people telling me that night that night Brock is losing the title to him I was like no he's not and then it became a joke how many times Brock beat him well and remember um, Brock punched him square in the face and that's when I was like oh yeah he's not he's good not he it. gave him a receipt no no, he no gave him I, a receipt. I agree yeah no he lit. I remember <laughs> Strowman need him and then Brock was like slow mm-hmm. the fuck down and like punched him in the face and for me, that was he when fucked, I was like... He fucked with the wrong dude. <laughs> well, the funny thing about that, Issa, is like, before that show, I had just bought these really nice headphones for my Xbox. And oh. and I watched the show off my Xbox, off like the WWE Network. So I was like picking up all this 
sound that I normally didn't get on the shows. And it yeah. was like picking up them talking in the ring. Like I was like, oh my God, I can like hear them talking better than I ever had before. Like I, and Strowman seemed so lost in the ring against Brock. Like you could tell Brock was just throwing him around like, bro, do you have any idea what you're doing right now? And then like, he, then he punches him in the face and I was like, yeah, Strowman's not winning this title. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I never thought that Strowman was it already in I actually spoke about that on Wrestling Inc. last night. I said that that whole Universal title reign was such bullshit because we all knew it was a hand-me-down because Roman couldn't make WrestleMania and they had to do something about it. And they literally just say, here you go, just carry this for us until we figure out what to do with it. And I think that that completely finished him, right? Like you see him now and he's just like, why? I don't want that to happen with Omas. And I feel like that could happen easily if he's not... If he's not good in the ring, right? Because I do think that that, that was happening to me with Braun Strowman. After he stopped having the, the ambulance matches and the no DQ matches where he could throw things around and he was having regular matches, really all he was doing was, he said, running around the ring. It looked like it was in slow motion to me yeah. and power slamming people. So he needs to be able to do more than two moves because that gets old really quick. I feel like we are in an era where fans appreciate in-ring action and in-ring skills more than back in the day when it was just entertainment. If you watch wrestling back in the day, these guys really only did two moves. You were there because their characters were larger than lives. Now we also want them to be able to go in the ring. Yeah. So because of that, I just need him to be, not to make comparisons because of their sizes, but he needs to be better than Braun Strowman. It's funny. Yeah. And I, and I, I totally agree with everything you're saying. Like I, I never saw Strowman as like that guy either, but because of Mm -hmm. his look and because of the way that he moved i was like you have a chance here like the guy's humongous like it's you you got a shot because of his look the look is what kills him the look is why i said he wasn't it that's not gonna sell posters i'm not buying that fucking pay-per-view share i don't want to sit on that (laughs) it's true True it's true listen i'm in marketing i've I've ran companies (laughs) before and that's a big part of it you don't you you have to be able to have somebody that you can put in posters and they either have to be intimidating and good looking like Roman Reigns he can do both or they have to be a badass like a Brock Lesnar where you see that in the poster and you go oh, shit people are gonna die Braun Strowman just screams oversized hillbilly that, I mean that's fair that's a fair point I mean you're not wrong um <laughs> <laughs> um there was something I was gonna say about oh yeah and then also with like Braun Strowman so it looks like they're gonna do him and Shane at Wrestlemania is like what it looks like and I know Jesse was tweeting about it. Um, I know Jesse was, was tweeting about it last night as well. But, like, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills when, like, does does no one else remember? And uh, Jesse, I know Jesse remembers. I know other people remember. But I feel like most people don't remember, like, okay, Raw Underground existed, right? Like, we all saw it happen. Like, it was it was a thing for weeks. And Shane McMahon was in charge of Raw Underground. And mm-hmm. it basically built up Dabakato as like the like the top fighter in the thing, and guys like Riddick Moss and Arturo Huas were like these badass dudes who were like just fighting yep. anybody. And it was goofy. Don't get me wrong. There was definitely it was definitely. I liked goofy. it. I liked it a lot. But but I liked it too. But it was but it was it was I and mean, with all the camera cuts and stuff like there was definitely goofy aspects. The, the women who were there that like disappeared. And hey, I like... try. I tried to audition to be one of the dancing girls, but then they got rid of them. So. Oh well, they, I mean that would have been awesome. But <laughs> but but so but anyway, my point is 
they have this whole thing. And then Strowman comes in and knocks out Davicato like it's nothing. And then, yeah. and then the thing just, just, just no one ever mentions Ronda Ground ever again. So I'm hoping at some point before WrestleMania that Strowman and, and Shane, at least there's some sort of mention of like, I don't like you. Like I came in and I destroyed Raw Underground and like, we're going to fight each other or something. Like I, there has to be some sort of element of like, cause what, what was the point of all of that? Like we had to watch that week after week after week, Strowman comes in, just squashes the, the main guy. And then we just never hear about it again. Listen, that would be amazing because I have no idea how they're going to pull that storyline together. I am never against a Shane McMahon WrestleMania match. The reason why is because if you really take a look at the matches that he's done in the past, they actually have had a long-term story story right line going. Like his match with The Miz had an amazing storyline going. His match with when he teamed up with Daniel Bryan against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn that had a really good storyline going. Like, and, and he never gets involved in the title picture. It's almost like he feels like Bad Bunny. Just happy to be here. Give me a chance. I'm going to jump off something great. You know what I mean? So I, 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 I do not go against Shane McMahon when it comes to, I know a lot of people last night were giving me shit about me saying, I don't, I don't mind a Shane McMahon WrestleMania match. That being said, this one feels like, how are they going to pull it together? And that is all I can think about is what you just said. I'm like, it's got to be Raw Underground because I, I mean, right now they're booking Shane to kind of like being screwing or over, um, Braun Strowman, right? So there's got to be a reason why he's got this vendetta for Braun Strowman. I, I'm hoping that they pull it together nicely that way. But you know Braun's going to throw Shane off of something and we're going to pop for it. Yeah, I think that's kind of the big play there. <laughs> and then also there is kind of the element, like, we were just talking about Omos. Is it Omos, Omos? How are you supposed to say that name? I don't know because everybody calls him something different. Well, I say Omos, but I don't know. I feel like everybody pronounces it differently. Well, they changed the pronunciation on the show. I'm almost positive that they used to say it differently than they say it now. But regardless right. like maybe because you know he was the doorman for raw underground maybe he gets yeah. in Strowman's face and it's like oh okay like and then I, like if he beat braun Strowman, I, th- I think that'd be pretty cool if they do that at some point in the future yeah um i'm just afraid of a of a match between those two massive dudes if they can't if they both move as slowly <laughs> it might not be what we all want it to be you know what i mean like while it will be an impressive win uh, maybe if it's like a squash, but I don't see that happening with Braun. You know yeah. what I mean? That's why some bigger guys work better with the smaller guys, because when you put those two guys together, it's just like, oh, shit, this is going really, really slow. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but I I agree. I think that maybe Omas could like maybe interfere in that WrestleMania match and kind of help Shane. You know what I mean? And that, that would be kind of epic and kind of like elevate him and put him in a different level. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, too, because, like, you, you brought up earlier, like, how people like the better wrestling now, like, as opposed to, like, the slower pace or, like, the really like the yeah. character base. And it's funny how much it's changed because, like, you know, that's part of the reason I love, you know, AEW so much is because it's a lot of the guys that I've watched on the indies, you know, having great matches. And now they get to just do it in front of, you know, way more people on TV. So that's that's right. part of what I like so much about it. But there's also something, too, just being so over that you don't have to do anything like. I watched, I went back recently and rewatched Ultimate Warrior versus Hulk Hogan from WrestleMania 6. And like, the whole match is like, you know, it's like Warrior pushes Hogan. Hogan pushes Warrior back. Hogan does a scoop slam. Warrior does a scoop slam. 
Hogan goes for a clothesline. Warrior goes for a clothesline. They literally just mirror each other. It seems ridiculous. With, 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 the, with the most basic moves of all time, mm-hmm. you know, just hardly doing anything. But the crowd is losing their minds. Like, they are like, this is the, they, it's the greatest thing they've ever seen in their lives. And they're loud. And right. it's because those two were just so over that it didn't matter what yep. they did. Kind of like The Rock versus Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania um, 18. It was like, they didn't do that many moves. But, like, everything they did, the crowd went insane for. Like, so I, I think that's kind of something, too, where, like, I wish we did have some more of those kind of wrestlers around. Like, because that's kind of like what John Cena got to at, at a certain point, too, right? Like, he had his five moves of doom, but he was, yeah. like, the biggest guy in the company by far. So I want to see that. Like, Roman can kind of be that guy, too. Like, Roman doesn't. I like that Roman is athletic enough that he can have long matches. But if he went out there and he was just so over that, like, you know, he did his spear, he did... I don't care if you put someone in a headlock for five minutes that the crowd's going insane. Like, if if they're if right. they're that over, like, we just don't have that much of that anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, I felt I feel like... Oh, I know exactly what you're saying. I yeah. do. I, that's why on the beginning of this Roman Reigns um, run, I don't know if you remember when he was still feuding with Jey Uso and he would agree to do these tag matches with um, Jey Uso. And he would, like, let Jey Uso start and he would come out at the end just to get a spear and pin the guy. I, I It was, like, at the very beginning. I actually pop for that because it's, like, that's exactly what, what we need to be able to build a character like that because we don't have those those kind of characters anymore. Um, did you get to see what they did with Apollo Crews on SmackDown? No, I've seen some things on Twitter about it. He turned heel, right? Yeah, he turned heel and he's going on his um, Nigerian background and speaking about how his family is Nigerian royalty, but he's using it in his gear now and, and he's extremely badass. He kind of like really took out Big E um, two weeks ago and then last week he almost really took out Shinsuke Nakamura because it was a little bit of a scary landing there. But I is the most invested I have been in Apollo Crews in a while and I feel like Apollo Crews maybe height wise is not that guy but built like Apollo Crews is insane like you know and, and him as a heel because I hated the smile I did <laughs> <laughs> like this whole I'm always happy to be here and smiling when you look like that it's not it I, I, I you should go back and watch it at least the promo that he cut I think the WWE YouTube has like a just a condensed version of the whole thing it was really, really good, and I'm super, super invested. I, I really liked it. That's interesting. I'm going to check that out because Apollo, like, I was really disappointed that Apollo didn't join the Hurt Business when they were having that story. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. Maybe they always knew they were going to draft into SmackDown. Yeah. I'm, yeah. And, and, you know, if it worked out for the better and this new character really helps him out and he gets a lot of interest, and, and that's part of it, too, is, like, the WWE also just needs to – that's a whole other conversation for another show, like all the 50, 50 booking that yeah. they do. But it's like, yeah, it's like if they can, and you said it earlier on, on the show today, if they get behind somebody, they can, I mean, they can pretty much make a star out of anybody. If they, if they treat them correctly, like if they're winning more than they're losing, if they have interesting characters, interesting stories and that, and if their stuff makes sense, like it doesn't seem that, that unreasonable to have storylines that make sense that like people can get into, you know? Yeah, and that's the thing. Um, what the the thing with Apollo Cruz, like speaking of that, is that it seems like he's going in a well. He has been in a field with Big E, but he just turned, and I feel like now you put Apollo Cruz in a weird who wins situation because I do feel like Big E should stay Intercontinental Champion. 
um, for longer. But at the same time, it's like, okay, you just have this brand new heel character. It's badass. People are behind him. Does he beat Biggie? You know what I mean? I feel like they're in that exact same situation with Bianca and Sasha Banks, where it's just like Bianca has all the momentum going in my, if it was my choice, I will have her beat Sasha at WrestleMania. But Sasha hasn't done much with her title ring. While she looks like a star, you beat Carmella. That's it. You know what right. I mean? So it's just like, does it, does she, she also needs that win at WrestleMania. That's the thing about SmackDown. It's so stacked that it's almost like you're building these feuds where everybody needs to win. And I, I guess it makes it more unpredictable, I guess. You know what I mean? But I feel like going into WrestleMania, I really wonder which 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 direction are they going to go in these feuds where both people need their... They're booking themselves in a in a losing corner. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like, I'm glad you brought that up because that's exactly how I feel about Edge versus Roman Reigns. Because I feel like Roman has to win that match, but the whole story is Edge winning the title back that he never lost 10 years ago. So it's like, on one hand... Well, that was the WWE Championship. He picked the wrong person, well, so no, he, he it better was the, pay the price. It was the world title that doesn't exist anymore. The big gold belt. He should have picked, picked the Miz. Oh, and that's yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, here's the thing. Like, logically speaking, I think it would have made more sense for him to go after the the Raw title because that was the show that, like, he had been on. And even if it was McIntyre as the champion still, I think Edge beating McIntyre, like, that makes sense. I don't think that's a big deal. But, like, if Edge beat Roman, I think that's a big mistake. So, like, but, like, the whole... Edge is not beating Roman. No, I know, but I I don't think he will. but, but, But my point is, like, that's the whole story is Edge winning the title at WrestleMania. Like, because he didn't ever lose it 10 years ago at WrestleMania. So it's like, for that story to play out, if he would have beat McIntyre for the belt, like, I think that would have made total sense. But he can't, but he can't beat Roman for it. So, but it makes it interesting. I I have to tell you that I was very into it, especially after Elimination Chamber, when he came out and speared Roman and did the whole sign pointing, you know. But... I don't know if you saw the SmackDown before Elimination Chamber where they did amazing use of Edge backstage, right? He went and stopped and spoke to every Elimination Chamber contestant as in, you know what? It's a possibility that you and I might go at it at WrestleMania, right? And he even got to Daniel Bryan, which I lost my shit because I want to see that match. Okay, great. So you pick Roman Reigns, but then this Friday you get upset that Daniel Bryan is getting possibly getting a title shot. If you are the ultimate opportunist or whatever the fuck it is that he called himself, you should have helped Daniel Bryan win at the end of SmackDown to get the title shot because you should want to go against Daniel Bryan over Roman Reigns. That's that's logic. And he got upset that Daniel Bryan was getting this shot. But it's like, okay, but last week you were backstage talking to Daniel Bryan about how cool it would be to face him at WrestleMania. But now you're pissed. So it's like, I don't think the story is going in the, I want to get my title back anymore. I think the story is, I want Roman Reigns. And that is the way that it came off this Friday. Not before that, just this Friday, because of that. I think if I'm Edge, I am going to help Daniel Bryan win. Because I would rather face Daniel Bryan than Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. That makes sense if you're the ultimate opportunist. That that's Those are all great points. Because... AEW did something kind of similar to that, and it made it made no sense logically. Where it take kind of long to explain, but there was basically a whole thing where like the Young Bucks were the tag team champions, and they had this whole battle royal where they were in the match, and if they won, they got to pick their opponents at Revolution, um, and they would have yeah. picked the Good Brothers. But um, but anyway, they don't win the match, 
and it winds up being Jericho and MJF, and that's what the title match is going to be at Revolution. But during, but 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 during that, so that happens. The Young Bucks don't win, so they don't get to choose their opponents. And they're backstage talking to the Good Brothers after the match, and they're like, "Man, we're so angry that uh, what was the team that they wound up? Uh, they're like, we're so angry with Santana and Ortiz." with you know what they did we're gonna we're gonna give them a shot next week at our titles and it was like wait if you could just choose who you wrestled this whole time what was the point of the battle royal like you could have just give right. you could have just chose the good brothers like if you can just choose santana and ortiz for dynamite just give your friends a title shot if you want to like it, it just didn't make any sense right and that's exactly what happened because it's like okay so the way that, that Edge made it sound on Friday was like, oh, I had to make it through 29 contenders to earn this title shot, and now Daniel Bryan is just going to get a title shot. And I was like, but wait, you were just perfectly fine getting a title shot last week at Elimination Chamber. It, 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 that hasn't changed. You know what I mean? Like, he should have came in and said, no, none of these guys get. First of all, I think the Elimination Chamber should be, I, I think that the Royal Rumble winners should pick the next night and the Elimination Chamber should be for number one contenders for the titles that are not picked, right? So if Edge pick Roman and Bianca pick Sasha, then you have Elimination Chambers matches for Asuka and Drew McIntyre, The Miz, Bobby Lashley, whatever the fuck's going on on Raw because it's like hot potato yes. right now. But that's, that's, I feel that will make more sense. That's another thing that didn't make sense was making Bianca wait three weeks to make her choice when no women's title was on the line at Elimination Chamber. So why do we have to wait three weeks for her to make the decision when Elimination Chamber didn't change who she would have picked? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. I guess I guess maybe we're just overthinking everything. But it's just like there's so many holes in their storylines that it's just common sense. It's just plain common sense. And and I felt that way about, about Edge. I was like, this is not making any sense because you didn't pick a contender, you pick a title. Ultimately, you're picking a title that you're going after. The, whoever holds the title could change any time between now and WrestleMania. You know what I mean? Yeah. At this point, I feel like he's more obsessed with fighting Roman than he is about getting the title. Yeah, that all that all totally makes sense. What you're saying, like, I I've always there's certain things about wrestling. It isn't just the WWE. It's like wrestle but the, this what i'm going to say specifically is about the wwe but you could really apply it anywhere like like the right. royal rumble match for instance <clears throat> you know because that's like my favorite match of the year like I, I always get excited for the rumble because of the surprise elements and all that stuff but the rules right. are so shit like like the fact that you can just like leave the ring under the bottom rope and just there's no like what they need to do let me know if you agree they need to do a 10 count if you leave the ring. So, like, if you're in the Royal Rumble match and you leave the ring, oh, I like it's that. a 10 count. Like, there's a ref there's referees all around the ring. So, it's like, they start counting to 10. If You you got to get back in the ring for within a 10 count. I think that if you're coming out for your entrance, you have to enter the ring before coming out. Like, if yeah. that next person after you gets in the ring before you do, you're out. Like, you can't just not get yeah. in the match. Like, so there has to be, and the, and the one foot rule thing is so dumb. Or the two-foot rule thing is so dumb, rather. Like, there's people landing on their backs with their feet in the air and not, not getting eliminated. Like, my thing... So is people... The people that are already eliminated coming back in and eliminating someone. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, what? Yeah, you shouldn't be able to do that what? either. Once again, there are referees all around the ring that are all seeing it and can easily be like, that guy was eliminated, that elimination doesn't count. Like, I yeah. mean, 
they should have the i mean they're very simple rules that make a lot of sense like i think if on all honesty i wouldn't even care if you had to go over the top rope i think it's like it's old school little kid rules where it's like the the, the floor is hot lava anything touch it yeah. you get in that ring and you touch the ground ever again after that you're eliminated it doesn't matter if it's one pinky doesn't matter if it's if it's two feet i don't care like you hit the ground you're out so like Make some rule changes, WWE, because that's the one criticism I see every year is people being like, man, this was this was awesome. I love this, except for the time when, you know, Randy Orton left the match for an hour and then came back and, and tried to win the match, you yeah. know, like. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> or in 20, was it 2016 when the entire Wyatt family was pretty much eliminated and they came back in and got out Brock and I was so pissed off. I'm like, what the fuck, bro? He He took you all out. He took you all out and they counted the elimination. Like, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of plot holes in that and I I mean it is what it is, yeah. right? But I feel like I'm overthinking this whole edge thing, but I feel like he completely changed directions on us on Friday because he really felt the way he acted towards Daniel Bryan instead of trying to help Daniel Bryan win, because I feel like it makes the most sense in the world. Then at this point, I feel like he really wants to fight Roman. Right. It doesn't matter. It's not about the title anymore. It's an ego thing. He wants to like teach Roman a lesson which he won't, and then he's gonna die, and that's great. I just hope they don't market the whole like spear versus spear thing because like, cause, oh, like everybody does. At least like Lashley does a spear, Charlotte does a spear, like everyone does a damn spear. It feels like I love that Roman is out of the guillotine choke there. Like he needed something different to change it up. I think. Yeah, I agree. And this, this Friday he had like the most sexiest sinister <laughs> smile when he was choking out daniel bryan and oh my god yes <laughs> good good night i was i was living i was living for it it was amazing good. listen i like the guillotine but i do think that roman makes edge's spear look uh edge's spear is like i guess i should say roman spears looks superior and it's just a size thing i don't know why to me it just looks so fragile next to roman reigns I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, I, I didn't want Edge to pick Roman. Honestly, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't want that match for and Roman. And the thing that you're saying, you know, about like Daniel Bryan and Edge, like that's such a cool idea considering both of them were told they'd never wrestle again. Like to see them wrestling each other would just be so cool. I mean, I'm sure that'll, I'm sure it will happen, just not at WrestleMania. Yeah. I just, maybe it's the whole thing just goes back to the Rumble because I just didn't want, I, I didn't want Edge to win. I It felt so good to see Bianca get the opportunity, an up-and-coming new star get that opportunity. That's what the Rumble should be about, you know yeah. what I mean? And I get because I think that Edge has an amazing story. But I just think that anything that you put Edge in is, is money, right? It's a storyline on its own. So why put him against the guy that could give you another storyline so you have more interesting matches on your card? Because I feel like anything Roman Reigns does, people are going to get invested. And anything Edge does, people are going to get invested. So it's just like you wasted two really good matches. You know what I mean? I know exactly. I don't know. No, I feel exactly the same. Overthinking again. I feel feel the same way you do. We have the same exact line of thinking on that. Um, Yeah, just should have not... He should have not won the Rumble, and I'm not going to let that one go. But I'm excited for him. And, and a lot of people take it the wrong way. I think that Edge's story, just like Daniel Bryan, is amazing. The fact that they were able to overcome everything that they were able to overcome to come back and do what they love, is amazing. I actually would love would have loved to see Daniel Bryan and Edge at WrestleMania just because of how they inspire each other, etc. But listen, I, I don't book this show, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. 
none of us do, unfortunately. We all we all like to we all like to book it in our heads and on Twitter though. So we 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 like to we like to know that we would do a better job if it was up to us. But uh, yeah, let me. See. <laughs> I see somebody in the chat talking about Brock. I would love to see Brock and Lashley at WrestleMania. I've been wanting that match for years. Yeah, and that's a match that the WWE has never given us. Like as crazy as that sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I would love to see it. I do think that Drew McIntyre gets involved, but a triple threat wouldn't be bad. But I, do, I would love to see them one on one. Yeah, yeah, I, I think we need that. Um, I'm trying to think. I just don't know that Brock comes back before before fans are fully allowed in the arena. Yeah, that and that's something that people don't people don't consider that as well. So how am I trying to what I'm trying to say? In like the UFC, for instance, and you you'll know what I'm talking about with this. It took a long like last year. A lot of people gave Conor McGregor a lot of shit because they were like, "You came out here, you beat Cowboy Cerrone in like February or whatever," and then it was and he was right. talking about fighting like three four times in the year and blah blah blah. And everyone was like, you know, "Screw Conor McGregor, he's not a real fighter anymore." Blah blah. And it's like, well, no. What you what y'all aren't considering is like a gigantic portion of the money he makes is because of the live attendance. So like. They were yeah, trying, the gate money, right? Yeah. Exactly, and and they were trying to they were trying to figure things out until they could get a crowd for one for his fights because that's it's just so crucial for a guy at his level to have fans for the money he makes. And they figured things out, yeah. but it took like a year. And, and also, people didn't expect the pandemic to last this long and stuff. So, anyways, <clears throat> he came back and he fought Dustin Poirier, and he made a lot of money. And but it it took like a year to get him back in there. But a lot of it had to do with that. It's going to be very similar for Brock, mm-hmm. like. The WWE isn't going to yeah. want to pay him because he gets paid so much money. He gets paid what, like five million a year to show up like four times or whatever it is. Like, yeah, I think it, it's like half a million for a pay per view, and and you you you're not making that anymore. You're ex- not exactly. You're not it, without having the people coming in and buying the tickets and 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 all the money that comes along with that. Like, I, I'm not saying that they they won't get Brock back. It's just they. It just makes more financial sense for them to wait for fans for someone like him. But if they're willing to take kind of a loss on it for like the buzz that it creates, having him back, that's one thing. But, but that is, I'm glad you brought that up, Issa, because that's something a lot of people don't consider is some of these wrestlers make so much or so much of their percentage is because of the live gate that like, that's why you don't see them right now. Yeah. And on top of that, it's like, if you are running a company right now, you have to keep I understand that you also have to plan day by day because nobody expected what we have going on in the world. But you have to keep that plan B on your back pocket from when the world goes back to normal. What am I going to give these fans to stop their fear, get over their fear, get back into the arena and buy a ticket and come back to my shows? That's another thing that you got to think about, because if you tell me right now, Honestly, and, and you know I love attending WrestleMania. Yep. The only thing that has me thinking about WrestleMania this year is Bad Bunny. Outside of that, because of the pandemic and everything going on, I'm like, yeah, I think I'd rather watch from home. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what are you going to give the fans when everything goes back home? That's going to make me like, oh, no, fuck it. I'm going to travel there. I'm going to buy a ticket. I'm going to pay for a hotel. It's going to be a Brock Lesnar. If you give us, because you already used Roman Reigns. That was your other plan B, right? So you have to have a big return or a big debut in store from when you want to make that ticket money. And I, I would personally save Brock Lesnar unless I just can't or networks are demanding more from me. I will save him until I need, until I'm making that gate money. Yeah, 100%. See, he's out here spitting facts, y'all. 
Fantastic. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. Well, we've been going like, Jesus, it's almost been like an hour and a half or so already. I don't want to keep you here all day. Um, is there anything? <laughs> is there anything else that you wanted to? I'm gonna let you plug all your stuff here in a second. But is there anything else you wanted to bring up or talk about before we kind of like started wrapping up here? No, I just want to say I love Bad Bunny. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing with Bad Bunny is like, I'm not saying this to like because I'm too cool or anything like that. I I had no idea who Bad Bunny was. Like. I I I couldn't tell you who most like I just don't listen to the radio that much. I just I'm very out of touch with like the current generation of music, especially if it's music that isn't in English cuz like I if I can't understand it like, right. you know. So, and it's nothing against him and and I really drive this point home. I don't expect you to understand who he is, right? Like I don't I don't think he's for you. What I what I want is people like you to be open-minded and at least understand the level of celebrity that bad bunny is i feel like people just go i don't know who that is and just because you've never heard of it doesn't mean that this dude isn't absolutely humongous like people don't understand how big he is exactly that's my whole point is like even though i didn't know who he was then i looked into it and i was like this guy is super mega famous like it totally makes sense that wwe would want to do business with him and then you hear stuff that wrestlers are saying about him like about how he respects the business and like he's really happy to be there and like he's listening to everyone's advice. Like he's not going in there and big leaguing people. He's going. It's his it's his childhood dream. Like Bad Bunny is a bigger mark than you and I. And like you see him in a music video right next to Drake wearing an Eddie Guerrero shirt. Most of his biggest hit, he's dropping wrestlers' names like it's nobody. Before this dude's made Ric Flair drip, he had him in a music oh, video years ago called Shambea. That was his you, song? He had, I didn't know that was yeah, him. Yeah. Okay, I knew that, I know that yeah, song. He had Stone Cold in a music video, which was a dream for him. He had obviously made the song for Booker T, and I remember watching his Instagram story how big he was marking out that Booker T agreed to be in the music video and loved the song. And... Ultimately, for a person like me, he just represents more than that. I wrote an article for Fivefold. The dude is from my tiny little island, from my even smaller, tiny little hometown. And it's just like he is breaking barriers for like Spanish music in general. And you have so many people are so mind blown by what this guy is accomplishing. Like Spotify's top stream artist and, and he's staying on top of the Billboard charts with an album completely in Spanish. The support that he has is, like, incredible. And I'm not, like, the way that I speak about it, because I've been very outspoken about it on Twitter, it's like, I don't expect everybody to go out and start streaming his music and start saying, bad bunny, baby. I don't want none of that from (laughs) you. That's for me. What I want is to either step aside if it's not for you when he comes out. You know what I mean? Because I feel like every segment of raw is for somebody right you have you have randy orton over here doing the possessed thing you have bobby lashley being the badass legitimate dude you have bad bunny so it's like not every segment you not every segment is for me so it's like i'm gonna let you enjoy the segment that's for you let me enjoy my segment because we come from a small island and the thing about us is it's like oh you probably understand that like when you see like a conor mcgregor fighting ufc how he unites his country that's how Puerto Rico is. So when you, when you see when we see one of us make it, it's like a huge deal. And it just hurt my heart on the beginning to see some of the comments because it went beyond. I don't know who he is, right? It was it was beyond that. It was it, it got a little bit like like oh the, his music is trash. You don't even understand what. Right? He's yeah, saying, I have no idea. I mean, it's, like, it, it, it sounds it sounds good. <laughs> I just don't know what he's actually talking about. 
Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, and my whole point is like, it's not targeted for you. Just like there's other things that are not targeted for you. I feel like Raw has to hit a lot of demographic. Like you have things for the little kids. You have Drew McIntyre. I feel like they were booking him for little kids or like the big baby face that kids can look up to. That's how they book Drew McIntyre, right? Where you have the hurt business who are the mob, the mafia, the badasses. So it's like, they know what they're doing. The numbers that Bad Bunny was doing, he had bigger numbers on YouTube on the Royal Rumble weekend than anything, even Edge. Like anything that went on on Royal Rumble weekend, Bad Bunny performing had the most numbers. They know what they're doing with him and he is living his childhood dream. And all I'm saying is if it's not for you, then just like, you know, I I was just talking about it even when it doesn't come to Bad Bunny, even with AEW. Guess what? I don't tweet about it because I'm not familiar with it. I don't know what's going on. So why would I go on and tweet about it when I don't understand it? You know what I mean? So it's just like, just, just, just shut the fuck up. That's yeah. it. Is that, are you wearing, <laughs> is that a Bad Bunny Royal Rumble shirt that you're wearing right now? It is. It is. <laughs> I, thought, I, I noticed a little of the bunny on there. That's cool. I, Dylan, <laughs> Dylan catch him in the chat. What's up, man? He's, he's in here all the time. Says, uh, and he brings up a great point that I was going to say as well, is uh, basically the pairing with Damian Priest. I think that's really, really smart because... Like, this automatically puts Damian Priest at, like, a celebrity level, and he is the kind of guy that I think does check a lot of those boxes we were talking about. Like, he's got size, he can go in the ring. I, what do you think about his pairing with Bad Bunny? All right, listen. <laughs> I, I was doing a watch-along last night on Spaces, and I shook a lot of people when I revealed this, because I love seeing them together. And you can tell they're actually building a real friendship, right? right? Now... Let me tell you a little secret. Let me educate you a little bit in Puerto Rican culture. Okay. Yeah. Bad Bunny is what we call a jibarito. Okay. And that's somebody that was born and raised in the island. That's me. I lived in Puerto Rico for 20 years before I moved oh, to the Oh, you're about States, to say that right? Damien Priest is a poser. Puerto Ricans hate New York. <laughs> okay. Puerto Ricans see that New Yorkans are fake Puerto Ricans. So we wouldn't get along with them. If they get in a fight, we're going to fight with them because we, we protect each other. Right. Sure. But the second that you tell a Puerto Rican from the island, oh, yeah, they say I'm Puerto Rican too. And you say, well, oh, yeah, we're from it. They, they go, I've never been to the island or I don't speak Spanish. You ain't Puerto Rican. That's how we see it, right? So on top of that, Damien Priest is as rock and roll as he gets, okay? Bad Bunny is a thirst-trapped rapper. <laughs> like, there is no way that these two dudes would ever be friends in real life. No way. But WWE did the stereotypical, oh, they're both Puerto Rican. Let's pair them up. Sure, yeah. And it's okay. I love it because I do love Damian Priest. And I do think that they needed somebody that could help Bad Bunny because Bad Bunny is very open about he's not, he hates speaking English. He doesn't feel confident enough to speak it, right? So I love that they put him with somebody that can kind of like play the translator for him so Bad Bunny doesn't have to speak English a lot. But that being said, looking at it from my perspective, I was like, there's no way those two dudes will ever hang out, ever. That's too funny. Because, yeah, like, what you're saying is, like, it seems like we're lucky they didn't pair him with, like, Lucha House Party or something. You know what I mean? Like, they're like... They, they, they wouldn't know. Be- I, I guess, but I, because Bad Bunny is such a cool dude, I would think that Damien Priest is actually, because of his look, because Damien Priest look yeah. cool, that's... I'm just saying it would have been like Esteban de New York and I don't fuck with you. You know, that's that's how we would be. But I love seeing them because you can they actually have really good chemistry. You can tell they're getting along and I love seeing it, but it was just like, okay, whatever. It's not that's not how it rolls. That's not how it happens. Yeah. Oh, that's too <laughs> funny. That's I'm gonna I'm gonna totally look at the whole thing so differently now when I see them on TV together. But 
Um, We call them New Yorkans, and those are the ones that are born and raised in New York. There's a big, big community of Puerto Ricans that are born and raised here in New York, but their parents moved here from the island, so we just like, you're not Puerto Rican, but they are. They are. Listen, now I have actually been here almost the same amount of time that I spent in Puerto Rico, so I'm personally stuck in limbo. When I go to Puerto Rico, I'm not Puerto Rican anymore, but New Yorkans say I'm not New Yorkans, so I'm in a weird nobody wants me (laughs) thing. So it's just like, listen, I can I can support them coming together because I need both of them to love me now. <laughs> oh, my God. That's too funny. Yeah, man. Well, everyone, this is the part of the show where we start to wrap it up. If you have any last minute Super Chats or donations, the Super Chats work right through YouTube. The donation links are in the description of the video. If you have anything left that you want us to answer or anything you want us to read out on the air, um, we will address those after we plug all the stuff. So I'm going to have Issa talk about stuff she's got going on, and then I'm going to talk about our sponsors and all that good stuff. If there's any Super Chats or donations, we will talk about those before we sign off. So I'm going to pull this up here. This is Issa's Twitter. And Issa, feel free to let everybody know where they can find you, where they can follow you, and where they can watch you and all that good stuff. Yeah, if you can follow me on Twitter at NYCDemandiva, you can see my all my links there. I am on Instagram, same handle. I am on YouTube at, at NYCDemandiva as well. So go, go follow me on my social media. You'll be able to find all of my links there. YouTube, I really am trying to grow it. Close to um, 10,000. So if you guys could subscribe, I would greatly appreciate it. And I have a link to her link tree in the description that will link you to like all the stuff she's got going on. I think link tree is awesome. I've, I've been using it myself lately too. Yeah. So yeah, check it out. Yeah. It's a lot easier to just share that. So everybody can just find you everywhere. I, I like it a lot. Exactly. And yeah, make sure to catch, you know, Issa over there at wrestling Inc and all that. I mean, out there killing it. She's been around for it. If, if y'all didn't know now, you know, cause I mean, me and Issa are kind of like, we're kind of becoming kind of like OGs of like the space now. Like we're getting kind of, because when you think about like the fans podcast, that was what, like four or five years ago at least. Yeah, it was a long time ago and I actually loved it. It was, Steve was the one who got me into covering it. So I, I always adore him and appreciate him and we still text each other all the time. Um, but yeah, it was a fan podcast, the one that was like, you're fucking hilarious because I never take my wrestling seriously. So he, you know how he used to be. The fans podcast was all about having yeah. fun. So he was always like, you need to start covering it because he always loved like my tweets and commentaries. And, and that's where I started. But I owe even thinking about covering it to him. That's awesome. I, I had, I had just started my show fight talk right around the time that he reached out to me about like, Hey, we're looking for some new people to join and and I I joined and what I used to do is this was when I was working like a nine to five job for a for like a big telecommunications company and I'd go into my truck on my lunch break with my iPhone and just talk into the voice memos and then like and then like yeah. email it to myself and then have him upload it onto the onto the page. So like I was doing all these from my car like in my during my lunch break. Like so I'll always like cherish those times though because it was like me too. I started from my iPad and downloaded <laughs> some weird audio recording app, and and that's actually how I started. I remember I didn't know how to insert 
clips like you know what i mean like when i wanted to put clips in there it was so it's so funny because you're right that's that's how you start and now i look at the equipment that i have i've been editing my own videos and it's just like i remember when i couldn't even figure out how to record a podcast <laughs> oh my i know it's awesome it was such a cool feeling of like someone's gonna listen to this like someone's gonna have an opinion mm-hmm. on this this is um I'll, really quickly too uh jesse just sent me this text message this is savannah and her watching uh watching the show today you can't really see oh there you go <laughs> So, yeah, that's awesome. Aww. I love Jessie. I'm wearing the necklace that she got me. I showed her to her own Twitter. I figure it will bring me good energy. Aw, well, there you go. <laughs> and unfortunately, there was no Roman sightings on the show today. So all that means is that we're going to have to have Issa back on the show soon so that we can also have Roman on the show. Yeah, yeah. I will tweet you a picture of him when he comes home with his haircut. Okay, I'm looking forward to it. Y'all, go go <laughs> support Issa and and her dog. Um, I guess is TikTok the best way to find Roman? Roman, yeah. Yeah, I want everybody to follow him on TikTok at Roman the <laughs> It's so cute. They're like, I've watched... I, I can't tell you how many times I've watched this one video. It was on... So I don't have TikTok, but like I've watched... I have searched for Roman on Google and like watched through TikTok before. But, <laughs> but my favorite video though was actually on Twitter. And it was like an outtake from one of your YouTube shows where, yeah. oh my God, I've showed my whole family this. Once again, I, I'll just say it because I know nobody, nobody knows. Everyone, I think everyone at this point knows me well enough to listen to this and knows that I'm not saying this like derogatory. My my whole family thinks I'm gay, I'm pretty sure. Because like I am always talking about her Yorkshire Terrier. Like I, the, the thing is, my the background on my computer, my family doesn't get it. They're like why are you so into this little dog? And I'm like, I'm telling y'all, like, this dog's cool as hell. Because I had a Yorkie as a kid, so, like, I have this little, I have this attachment to these small dogs. And <laughs> and there's a video I have watched so many times, and I've showed my whole family, where it's you talking, and you're like, oh, hello, Roman. And you see Roman, like, walk across the bed, and then just fall over. Yeah. <laughs> just fall, fall straight asleep. <laughs> He is so extra, my dog. I can't deal with him sometimes. And he, like, steals the show on my YouTube videos. Like, half the time, he'll just show up in the background. There are some videos, because I've been doing, like, um short recaps of, like, Raw and SmackDown. So not just reactions, but, like, I'll do these recaps. And because he has stairs to get onto everything, like, people will be like, I love how your dog casually just comes onto the scene. <laughs> and I'm like, because this is his apartment, and we're just, like, we just pay the rent for him. You know, like, that's literally it. Like, this, he is the king of this house, and he has stairs to the couch, so he I can't get into that. anything. And, like, a lot, I get comments where people are like, well, where's the dog? And I'm like, I'm sorry he didn't get in the, in the bed in the last 10 minutes, you know? But he does follow me around, so typically if I'm watching something, he'll be in the background. I was so, I, I didn't think of, of the show today. I would have booked his appointment oh, for no. later, just so you it's could okay. see him. But, yeah, I, I, I just love how he's just so used to... Like, he's so used to you just, like, doing your thing and talking that, like, he just, like, because, like, if, if, like, if I had a dog, he'd probably get used to it. But, like, at first they'd be like, why, what are you two talking to? Like, what are you paying attention to? Like, pay attention to me. And he just kind of, like, I I love that one video because in his mind, all I'm thinking is, like, the journey that this little guy has gone through to get to that spot on the couch and him just being, like, Oh, I made it. Just falling, just, just falling, just falling over. Yeah. Did you did you see the video I posted on Friday? I'm gonna have to DM it to you when we're done okay. here. When I'm like going crazy over Shinsuke Nakamura and he's in the background looking at me like, 
what the fuck's wrong with oh, you, mom? No, like, I'm screaming, it. doing all of Shinsuke's <laughs> thing, and he's just staring at me like, really? Really? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I need to see I that. There was a... Uh, yeah. There... He's so used to my behavior. It's sad. No, there's... Well, there's some of these videos I've seen of y'all on TikTok where it's like, Roman's like in he got his like head out like you're like well he's like in your purse and you're like walking around the city and he's yeah. like eating the uh eating like the Starbucks or whatever you get like the ice cream oh my god the puppuccinos <laughs> are his favorite he loves that shit he loves it and he knows too where the where the Starbucks is so when we like when I turn he already knows what's happening and gets all excited problem is that he tries to eat the people at the drive-thru even though they're giving him a treat he'll bark and try to bite them like Roman bites and I tell people all the time, I'm like, he has an attitude. Like, I try to tell people, he don't. if he's on me, he'll try to bite you. If he's on the floor, it'll be different, right? But if he's on me, he's protective, so he'll bite you. And people think that because he's so cute, they can still come near him. And I'm like, don't do not do that. And then he tries to eat their hand off. And I'm like, I try to tell you. Yes. Oh, I love that. And I love <laughs> that you have little stairs all over for him because that's something that we didn't know until it was, like, kind of too late with our dog. Actually, so... I had a Yorkie growing up, and he's the one that I've shown you the pictures of, where I'm look, you know, I look yeah. very, uh, I don't know what the right word is. I, I'm a, I'm a young kid who's very happy holding his little dog, and, <laughs> and, um, but he wound up having knee problems when he got older because he was like always jumping off the couch and off the bed and all this stuff, and, and I always see your like your videos, and he has it looks like there's little stairs everywhere, and I'm like that's great because his, his little knees will. We'll, we'll hold up a lot better because we actually wound up getting another Yorkie after that one passed away. And we wound up having to give him up for like adoption basically. Cause like we couldn't take care of him because yeah. the second Yorkie we got, he actually fell like off. Of, like he, he hurt his legs like really, really young. And then mm-hmm. and he broke like two of his legs and we got him like repaired and then he rebroke those same legs, like, right after they got fixed. So his legs were just, like, totally messed up. And Aww. my family was just too busy to, like, be able to, like, always be taken. Yeah. But we found them a fam- We found him a family that, like, could carry him everywhere and stuff. So it was, like, we, we, we got him a better situation. But it was, like, so when I see the stairs, like, I, it's a real thing for those small dogs, like, to, to keep their knees intact. So that's really nice that you do that for him. Yeah, and the thing with Roman is Roman is teacup. He's an optical illusion. What I get from most people that meet him in person is that he looks bigger in my pictures. When they actually meet him, Roman is a tiny little thing. He weighs five pounds. Like he's on the smallest side of the Yorkie. So even when he stands on two legs and my couches are super low to the ground, he can't even reach. You know yeah. what I mean? So it feels like he, I just, I, I do a good job of making him and his attitude probably makes him look a lot bigger than what he actually <laughs> is. But Roman is tiny, so it's like, I'm like, not only to protect his knees, but it's just like, this poor dog can really can't reach anything. <laughs> and, like, if he's up to us, we'll be, like, picking him up. And then he's very protective, so he runs to the door every time he hears a noise. And I'm like, I'm not going to get down to get him every single time that he comes back. So it's also lazy. Oh, and they make those noises, the way that they yap <laughs> when they don't like someone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh my, my God. God. He yaps at everything, and I live right next to the elevator. <laughs> So the hallway noises are constant, and I'm like, oh, my God, why? I think I've told you before on the show, or I've, I've talked about it on the show before. Like, I went to my elementary school and middle school, like, the way that they were sanctioned, or, or the way, you, like, they chose where what school you went to. The cutoff was, like, my neighborhood. 
So I grew up without knowing the people in the neighborhood next to me until I was like, I started meeting them when I was like 12, 13, like in middle school. And then I started, I started making friends with some of them because, you know, we're going to the same school now and I'm like, oh, y'all live like right behind me. So like some of my new friends came over and they were like, wait, you're the one with this fucking dog? <laughs> because they all knew the yap because my dog would just run around the backyard yep. and just yap, yap, yap. And they, they hated him so much. I live in an apartment complex, right? I'm on the sixth floor. There's 36 apartments here per floor, I think. And the best part is that this is an extremely pet-friendly community. Like they don't even have um, restrictions, right? You can have any dog of any kind. The thing of it is, is that I always laugh because Roman, I literally live in the first apartment, number one, right? So it, it just goes around. Roman starts this choir of dogs. Like he'll <laughs> run to the door and start yapping. And then you hear them keep going and going and going. And I'm like, what the fuck did he just start? Like, I bet you that's why I don't, I don't even want to know my neighbors. I don't, I don't say hi to anybody because I'm like, they probably hate me and they probably hate my dog. And then they, you know, me screaming about wrestling late at night and my dog yapping all day and night. Yeah, they probably don't like me. Oh, my God. That's too funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> let me, uh, I'm going to run through our sponsors real quick and then we'll uh, we'll get on out of here. Thank you so much, Issa, for your time. I know this is taking a little bit of your day today. Um, let's see what sponsors we got. We got WrestleRumble.com, as always. WrestleRumble.com is the best place for fantasy pick'em contests for pro wrestling. You'll need to go check it out. Right now, they are doing... Oh, there's another? I didn't even know about this contest yet. This is brand new. So let's see what we got. We already have the Revolution Belt giveaway, which is already my favorite contest or raffle they've ever done because I'm a huge AEW mark. And they're giving away five AEW replica championship belts. And these are going to be sick because AEW doesn't even sell these yet. They're having to get these custom made. So... You're going to get an AEW world title, a TNT title, both tag team titles, and the FTW championship. One person's going to win all five of those belts. So your $1 will win you all five of those belts. So throw a couple bucks in there. Try. I mean, this is each one of these belts is probably going to cost like $400 or so to get made. So, I mean, we're talking thousands of dollars worth of title belts here. So check that out. $1 at WrestleRumble.com. And then also for $1, I'm finding out about this as everyone else is. Um, yeah, I'm looking at it too. <laughs> so for $1, and this is going to be right after Fastlane, I'm guessing. I guess that's why uh, we see the car. Let's see what they say about Sala Monster here. Um, shortly after Revolution for the AEW one. Uh, the final stop shortly after Fastlane. So right after Fastlane, if y'all want to tune into the Sala Monsters, um, Jason Solomon, if you want to tune into his YouTube channel, um, they'll do the live uh, raffle for this. And the prizes are first place is going to get... So it looks like there's going to be... There's going to be five winners. So $1 entries, five people are going to win. So hypothetically speaking, for $5, you can win all of this too. We have the WWE Spinner Belt. We have the NXT UK Championship. We have Daniel Bryan's Eco-Friendly Belt, which I always thought was really cool. Um, we have... Yeah. The fourth place is going to get, oh, they're going to, so the, someone's going to get a bunch of mini belts. They're going to get the WCW, ECW, NXT, WWF Winged Eagle, and WWF Undisputed belts. Those are like miniature versions, but they look the same and they're really cool to display. And then fifth place is going to get two mystery belts. So, I mean, oh, I mean, that's once again, for $1, uh, throw a couple bucks in there and, and try to win some stuff off WrestleRumble.com. The, the prize lists are insane. Um, 
So yeah, WrestleRumble.com. Make sure to follow them on Twitter at WrestleRumble. Also, Music City Toys and Collectibles. They are awesome. Uh, they basically are really nice people that will give you fair business. I usually have a live read for them and I forgot to pull it up. So I'm just going to say off the top of my head what I think about Music City Toys and Collectibles. They rock. If you want DVDs, if you want autographs, if you want uh, old magazines, if you want action figures, whatever you're looking for, Music City Toys and Collectibles has got your hookup. If you want to hit them up online, they have an online store. They do live auctions through Facebook. They do mystery boxes, a whole bunch of stuff. And they are opening a brick-and-mortar retail-style location in Nashville, Tennessee on, on May the 1st. So the business is doing so well through the pandemic that they are opening their own location in Nashville in May. And I will be there for the grand opening on May the 1st. And I will be there interviewing UFC Hall of Famer and pro wrestling legend Dan the B. Severn. So that will be a lot of fun. Nice. And I'm going to get an action figure signed by him, which I'm really happy about because I'll put that here in my office with my, with, I'll show you one day, you saw, do like a little room tour of this. It's, it's embarrassing to say the least. Um, you should see the, <laughs> the girl's faces that come over here for the first time. Cause like my, it's just like the ultimate man cave. I look like the biggest nerd ever, but then it like, but I think they respect it at a certain point. Like it's overwhelming. And then they're like, Oh wow. Like, Okay, he's just really, really big fan of this, apparently. Like, I, I yeah. don't know. I, I don't know. But anyways, the point is, a lot of the stuff I get in this room, it comes from Music City Toys and Collectibles. And they'll give you fair business. They're nice people. So check them out. Follow them on all social media to search for Music City Toys and Collectibles. And their new webpage should be up soon. It'll be musiccitytoys.biz. So check that all out. Support them. Also, shout out to my brother, Brian Jensen. Go follow him on Instagram. BoxingATL, B-O-X-I-N-G-A-T-L. He is a co-owner of Steel Boxing and Athletics, which is a gym in Atlanta, Georgia. He works with Parkinson's Foundations, and he can help you reach your goals. It doesn't matter if you're learning to throw hands, if you want to lose weight, if you want to get in better shape, or if you have some sort of neurological issue. I mean, like, he works with a lot of Parkinson's patients, and you'd be surprised at how much how much your quality of life can get better just through, like, stretching and dexterity work and stuff. And he can help you with all these things. Um, no matter what your size is, what your skill level is, it doesn't matter. So hit him up, Boxing ATL, B-O-X-I-N-G-A-T-L. If you're in the Atlanta, Georgia area, he'll meet you in person. Uh, he has a gym. He can meet you at your business. He can meet you outside. Or if you're anywhere else in the world, he'll uh, he'll help you online. He does Zoom calls, Skype meetings, all that stuff, too. So hit up Brian Jensen and get a knockout workout without getting knocked out. And lastly, if you want to check out some independent pro wrestling, go to independentwrestling.tv and use promo code FIGHTTALK. All is one word, no spaces. F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K. And you get five days for free on independentwrestling.tv. There are two big shows this weekend that I highly recommend you all check out. Um, New South Pro Wrestling is putting on their Haas tournament, and it's going to be on Friday night and Saturday night, two-night event. And if you use my code, you can watch the whole thing for free and Watch for five days. So check it out. Enjoy some wrestling completely for free. Just use code Fight Talk F I G H T T A L K. So uh, so yeah, that's uh all the stuff I've got to plug today. If you can follow me on Twitter, uh, at Fight Talk underscore, and basically <laughs> go to my link tree because that's where I'm gonna keep everything updated. If you're a fan of mixed martial arts and want to watch some MMA videos, all things MMA on YouTube, I edit videos for them. So check those out and. I will be live tonight 
on Fightful Twitch on Fightful Twitch channel. We'll be watching Impact Wrestling Live. So check that out. Twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. It'll be me, Joel Pearl, and I'm assuming Jeremy Lambert will probably be there with us tonight as well. So uh, that, that should be fun. And yeah, support Fightful. Listen to the Weekender podcast on Sundays at FightfulSelect.com. Support Isa, who's got an article up there on Fightful. I mean, Fightful, great people. I was really, really happy to see uh, those articles uh, over there on Fightful from you, Isa. So really great stuff. Yeah, I have I have fun writing that one. That one came from the heart. That was a real one. <laughs> Hell yeah. Good deal. <laughs> well, y'all, that's uh that's pretty much gonna do it for me. Anything else from you, Issa, before we get out of here? No, thanks for having me. That was a lot of fun. 